like that's a whitest kids you know sketch yeah right exactly like, yeah that, that should have been in the show. Yeah. Been in the show because yeah. even him like moving the bed in the, the yeah. <laughs> so he goes to the other side and i was like what? <laughs> it's the same just business, completely bro. disregarding like fucking, oh my god Yeah, are you excited scares. to talk about Detroit today? Are you have Are you harboring any feelings? Just some few. I mean, I'm happy for <laughs> Detroit. I've been spoiled like my whole life. Yeah, as a Packer fan. Yeah, like besides when I was an infant, they were always good. Yeah. So, uh, it's actually kind of nice. I found some, some like catharsis in watching Aaron Rodgers' downfall today because <laughs> he's such a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. That uh, it's kind of fun to watch him. Farm just too, though. Don't forget about that. Guy. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, that that was bad as well, and continues to be bad. Um, it's, it's crazy because we're talking a little bit about Detroit, but also uh, with Brett Favre being that male, misogynistic kind of uh, like some red flags. Yeah, yeah. You know it's there was, all there was some red flags there. It's like, circle. Yeah, everything. It's like when when you talk about topics that are relevant all the time, it turns out that you know there's, there's gonna be some coincidences. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure yeah. enough. I don't know. Fucking men, man. Yeah. Fucking men. Fucking uh, men. White men. Yeah. <laughs> White men specifically. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> hey, welcome to Sunday Scaries. It's a podcast about horror movies where each week we talk, take a deep dive into a specific film and try to find connections between that film and other movies within the genre. Uh, and it's a brand new series. In this run of episodes, we're getting crazy with psychological horror. And this week, we're doubling back to tackle a movie that was released earlier this year that has kind of busted its way back into the public consciousness as a uh, a sleeper hit since it was debuted on streaming on HBO. Mm-hmm. What did we watch? We watched Barbarian. Nailed it. Hey, that worked. Uh, hey, I'm Travis. I'm hanging out with Tyler, and we have Jamario mm-hmm. back. Yo, what's up? What's good, guys? I'm so happy to have you back for another episode. We got it. I'm saving you for uh, another Flanagan episode too. The, the, as soon as we get when one of those it? back on the, I'll. I have to figure that out because I'm going to South America for like two weeks. Oh, it will be. It'll be around that. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll work cool. it out. Cool. We got the House of Usher coming up too, That's and true. I think I want to kind of dive deep on that whenever it starts streaming yeah, on Netflix. For sure. Um, yeah, we're talking about Barbarian. Uh, it was released in September of this year. Uh, we watched it. Uh, we went to go see this the weekend it came out, right? Was yeah, that... I think it was like Thursday opening night. Yeah, we all went together. Yeah. It was like me and you and Kyra. and Was it just the three of us? Oh, yeah. Was Blake we... there? We... I think or was we... it just me? I think no, it was just you. I think yeah. we tried to get Blake to come, but then he like got sick or something. Yeah, and I tried to get Courtney to come. Yeah. But, you know. This would have been a good... I think this would have been a good... Courtney movie. Yeah, she would have been fine with it. Yeah. It's not as like, I mean, so it's, we can talk about that up top here about the uh, advertising for this movie. Um, but yeah, now that it's on streaming, it seems like everybody's getting into it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you said you saw this opening week too, right? Yeah, I, I didn't go uh, that weekend, but that Monday I went in just to avoid the crowds. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Being a father, that's like the only time I can break away and, you know, wife's at work, kids at daycare, and I can get your alone time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, you were talking about that when we were in the living room. Like, this is a good, this is a good theater going experience Absolutely. for a movie. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think like everything that happens in this movie, from the unbelievable decisions that the characters make to the jump scares to all the other silly shit, it's like this is definitely a, a good party watch. 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't get to like experience that mm-hmm. because I went doing matinee, so it was mm-hmm. me and like two other people in there. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm like the only dude in there. Just like, don't do that, girl. Don't do your <laughs> shit. Like, they enjoyed themselves, but I was just like pissed because I didn't get to like hear anybody else's commentary. Yeah. It was just me. <laughs> yeah, this definitely like this movie could definitely be watched with some commentary. There's plenty of movies where I'm like, I just want everybody to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. But this one, like, I want to know what people are thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, we hear people in the background. Yeah, like. and I, th- I feel like we all saw it early enough. Mm-hmm. That we got in pre-spoiler because the spoilers mm-hmm. got out Quick. pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah. and then the, the marketing even leaned into that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is like they, it's hard they to talk. Revealed like, oh, it's a Justin Long movie, which yeah. I had none of us, <laughs> none of us knew going in. You know, like that was the wild thing is like yeah, when that second trailer dropped. Um, but yeah, so like this movie, a documentary researcher Tess, uh, played by Georgina Campbell, arrives late at night in the pouring rain to a little house in a neighborhood of Detroit, obliterated by decades of Reaganomics, only to find her B and B has been double booked by Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. Uh, the two resolve to share the rental, but quickly discover that the house conceals a much darker secret. Um, yeah, talking about the advertising for this, uh, we'll talk about the reception of it later and some of the critical reviews. Uh, but yeah, this this movie was such a mystery for for like all of this year before it came out. Um, that trailer really set it up to be something. I don't know. Completely like different. Supernatural, almost. right? That's yeah. that's what I was Cult-y. expecting. That was like cult. I was expecting cult. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like it's one of those things where the trailer made it seem like to me. I was like, there's gonna be some cool time skip or portal or some weird, you know, dimensional thing going on mm-hmm. in, in the tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where my mind went. And uh, either to its detriment or not, it's definitely even. Yeah. Uh, so Zach Greger's the director and writer for this. Admits himself, he's like. This movie is not what the trailer makes it out to be. It is a different movie yeah. Uh, yeah. completely. Because, um, yeah, it's not that. It's not supernatural. It's a, it's a very different kind of movie. It's very much elevated horror, yeah. which is the thing nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, and that's... thanks, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of one of the topics of this series, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, And there's interviews with Zach Greger where he admits like he was talking to Jordan throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been writing this movie for like a decade. Yeah. Um, on and off, kind of working on it. Um and he keyed Jordan into the script ahead of time. I think he got like a pre-screening of it. Yeah. Like, so if I had known that, I would have known kind of where we were going. Right. You know, yeah, but absolutely. I didn't know. I didn't learn about them kind of talking about this behind the scenes until after watching yeah. it. Don't you love that? Like, I guess it makes sense that. So, uh, Zach Craig coming from, he's a, a writer and like a producer for Whitest Kids You Know. That's kind of like his yeah. other biggest, you know credit at the moment um and so many so much of the conversation and so many of the interviews that he has are kind of like those that jordan has too where it's like the the transition of comedy writers and directors and actors into horror and how easy of a jump it seems um mm-hmm. but i love i guess yeah on the back end of being sketch comedian people like obviously they're kind of in the same sort of network of like friends yeah. like they're best buds i guess because he talked yeah. about like you said there's an interview where um he was concerned about a very specific moment uh, that happens when we do the plot discussion nope. later exactly <laughs> and so he talks about when he wrote that moment into the script he went to go show the movie to jordan and was like hey is this okay because i know you have like you know your movie's coming out and is this gonna going to be an on. issue yeah <laughs> and he's like Jordan Peele told him, he's like, oh, no, it's going to be fucking fine. It's, it's totally all right. And yeah. then he goes, Zach goes, see, see, nope, and he watches that movie. And obviously, there's the moments in that movie where he's like, well, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to take it out of my movie, or I wouldn't have even if you told me to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, it, but it's funny. Like the uh, like we said, the conversation that happens is, is about um, – yeah, comedy writers and directors or sketch comedians being able to transition so easily to horror. Uh, and the rationalization seems to be that 
just like with comedy, horror is all about timing Mm -hmm. and tone, right? Mm -hmm. And setting up those, like, setting up a tone and an expectation with an audience and then either subverting it or doing something to their expectation through the use of timing and editing or uh, in-person, you know, sketch performance They're definitely sister genres Mm -hmm. in, like, working on set and working both on a comedy feature and a couple, a lot of horror features. Um, they're both hard to pull off because they're all about timing. But like, if you have a comedians in that film, like a lot of comedians are waiting for that, that laugh gag to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And like on set, that's not going to happen. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Yeah. And then with horror, like you're shooting all, you see all how the sausage is being made. So it's like, you're looking on set, like, is this really going to be scary? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so, but that's the magic of filmmaking. I mean, once it gets in theaters, man, it's just, a creature of its own then but yeah and then i think the other fascinating thing yeah is obviously with editing and stuff too because yeah. that's really where like all of the yeah the, the timing the tone and the the jumpiness of the movie like kind of flesh out um we've talked about the plot we'll kind of i'll kind of like highlight those moments but that is a big thing like in the critical reception that people talk about like this movie is well made like the mechanics yeah. of it like it's 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 a really beautiful movie beautiful. we'll talk about mm-hmm. um yeah his his camera work uh, on this is is fucking phenomenal especially yeah. in setting up the different time periods and like locations yeah. and stuff um, and you know I got all the details on yeah, like, how I'm, it was shot I'm <laughs> excited to go into that because <laughs> nice. here, in, here in a bit because that's gonna be awesome um yeah, I, I introduced you, I guess, on the first episode that you were on. But obviously, having Jamari here is such a gift because he's, yeah, he's our, our resident uh, cinematography sort of uh, uh, expert to talk about all the, the details of, of the background of the visuals uh, that we'll get into here in a minute. Um, but yeah, so this movie starring uh, Georgina Campbell uh, as Tess, uh, Bill Skarsgård as Keith, and Justin Long as AJ. Uh, Georgina Campbell um, has some TV credits and stuff. She's in uh, Black Mirror in 2017, His Dark Materials mm-hmm. in 2019. Uh, she had a role in Broadchurch as DC Katie Hartford uh, in 2017. 17 and she was in a feature she was uh, in Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh and king arthur legend of the sword in 2017 as k uh and then bill skarsgård obviously the uh, the scream king this is the current scream king man he's a uh, he's in everything uh obviously as a pennywise uh yeah. playing in it in chapter two uh the dude just has one of those fucking faces, faces man yeah yeah like That's you can't why... you can't tell if he's like low-key handsome or like fucking creepy it's both just, though it's he's he's creepily handsome just i don't trust anybody creepy. that has can like Detach their eye from the the path that yeah. they're I can't I can't like it's know. so yeah it's so yeah. fucking jarring and unsettling but he's like that's what Zach Gregor said too he's like he's one of those guys where you look at his face and you just can't decide whether he's beautiful or terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. yeah perfect casting <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah because they wanted to like create that mythos a little bit yeah where you're implying that he may be the villain here right mm-hmm. and he's got yeah. the face for it like and all, everything that we've seen him in he's the creepy. He's a creepy man. Yeah. So they really nailed it. Yeah. Because he plays a creepy man in this one, too. Yeah. 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 Playing kind of like insecure kind of guy. It was still Mm -hmm. just creepy. Too pushy. Yeah. 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 Um, Big incel vibes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, he seems like he has it together. He seems like, I think that's what's the other creepy thing about it is like he's somebody who knows how to work his charisma into a conversation. And we'll talk about like what that is here in a second. Um, Because the inspiration for this, I guess, so Zach Greger talks about how like he was reading a book. um, Like we talked about, this movie's been in production or like kind of been in the works for a really long time um but he says the idea comes from this book uh the gift of fear um Mm -hmm. by a security consultant uh gavin de becker uh and there's a chapter of this book that talks about basically what are like um like gendered sort of like like microaggressions almost right it's the stuff that is done like that men will do in the uh in the guys like disguised as chivalry right um that are are still weird little power plays into like 
a, a uh, like a romantic kind of thing where it's like mm-hmm. unnecessary physical contact yeah. um doing like like favors or like chores or gifts or something or like being like like saying like saying a woman has a pretty name right yeah, and like oh ob- yeah. yeah weird yeah. oblique things where it's like oh we're still addressing you, you know the ulter- the ulterior motive there is is obvious and like and yeah. I've never seen a conversation um, go like this where you, it's not clearly evident mm-hmm. and I think especially yeah. like our time like working in the service industry and overhearing like bar top conversations where <laughs> oh, yes. like the one scene we'll get to here in a little bit of the idea of a dude giving romantic advice to a woman has I've never heard that and it not sounded fucking insanely like creepy predatory yeah because yeah. our like agenda is like I'm gonna that you're yeah. mine now yeah right <laughs> it's like all of this on the path <laughs> all this advice is to say that the perfect man is sitting right in front of you and I, I think you've been missing that this entire time yeah um, <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of the premise of like the, so I, I found that interesting is like he, you know, with that in mind, he started writing the the scene, the first scene for this movie, um, which is also the, the thing that kind of shows up in the trailer. And one of the first sort of developments that we get in the movie is this whole like dynamic between the main characters, Keith and Tess, where it's like he is being set up to kind of be the antagonist of the movie in the beginning. Um, yeah. And Zach, uh, I think he mentioned a few times that when he was writing, he basically went back to that chapter, mm-hmm. found every red flag he could <laughs> and just was like, he's going to do this. Yeah. And then he's, he's just throwing them all in check there. off those boxes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the beauty of it too, is just like Zach originally, when he was writing, he was doing like a writing exercise for it mm-hmm. and end up like making it like a short film. And then it gets to that one part, which I'm pretty sure you're about to get to. And it was like, I don't want it to end here. Yeah. And that's when we get the other yeah. characters. That and that's the right. comedy writer. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, we could, we could roll with it. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's more, there's more to happen here. Um, but yeah. So this movie, like I said, it's, it was in development for a really long time. He had uh, worked on the script and had spent like two years trying to uh, pitch it to everybody he could. Um, finally, he, uh, he, he meets up with uh, the people from um, uh, Boulder Light who uh, decided to greenlight the movie. Um, Producers such as uh, Roy Lee, who is, whenever this is getting advertised, saying from the producer of It, that's who they're talking about, is Roy Lee, uh, who... Is, uh, is is big in, on the, the production side of things as far as like financing movies and stuff. Um, this movie begins in to go into pre-production. Uh, they set up their filming locations in, uh, or they decide to go film in Bulgaria in uh, Sofia, um, where they're going to do most of the principal photography for this uh, on sort of like constructed sets and everything. Um, and they talk about how like yeah they had a finance it was independently financed so they had like mm-hmm. a financier um, for this movie who died the day that they were yeah. supposed to basically ship off for Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, so in like in a panic. Um, uh, Zach reaches out to a uh, new Regency who ha- read the script that day uh, and uh, decide to go ahead and green light it and basically yeah. have everything go, you know, the way it was going to. Uh, he calls up the, the, I guess the principal or like the um, um, set or um, I don't know what, what that role is. Set designer? Not a set designer, but the like uh, location per like whoever's manager, in charge of, yeah, yeah, of uh, yeah, the yeah. Bulgaria production. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, we're good to go. The money's going to be there. And the Bulgarian guy is like, well, I, I fired everybody already. <laughs> yeah. I already let everybody go. So, uh, there's going to be a problem, but like they were, everything worked out though. They were, they were, they were able to get everybody back on board, uh, and, uh, into production, um, for this. Um, yeah, the the title "Barbarian." I think it's hilarious to watch him like do those panel interviews and discuss like what the different meanings of it are. And I think mm. we'll talk about like the different ones as as we go along. Maybe talking about the plot here, um, but it also just it, <laughs> watching the interviews of, of Zach Gregor is just hilarious. I, you can tell he's like a comedy person too, but he also mm. just definitely doesn't seem like somebody who like he's okay with interviews like and enjoys them. But I think I, I think maybe it's just the the format of uh, panel interviews with like the cast. Uh, and an interviewer and receiving questions from the audience. Mm-hmm. There's this really great uh, Collider panel interview that I'll probably reference uh, during this episode a couple of times. Um, 
where they do, I don't know why they do this. I feel like maybe this is the interviewer's fault or whatever, but whenever you're accepting questions from the audience, I always just like, it's so fucking cringy to hear people ask about like, I don't know, details of the plot and other secrets of the mystery or whatever that's going on. You can tell that he's just like, yeah, he's like, well, it's not in the movie. So I didn't really think about that or care about it, Mm -hmm. but he can't say that. People will be like, well, what about, what are the other rooms in the, in the, like, bro, do I look like Tom Holland to you right now? (laughs) Like chill out. I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. He admits that like, he didn't even have an outline writing this. He just started somewhere and just let it go. Yeah. So there wasn't like, you can't ask the dude about world building because he didn't build it. <laughs> he didn't it just build, yeah. really, like, <laughs> that wasn't the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was just a tunnel and then they went down the tunnel and yeah. he figured out what was at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, Alice Wonderland. There's yeah. nothing bigger going on here. Yeah. This is an isolated thing. Yeah. Um, in that panel interview, though, I love too, like, though, whenever they ask uh, Georgina Campbell and Justin Long about, like, their first encounters with the script and how they kind of decided to make the decision to be a part of the movie. And Justin Long's story was really funny to me because he talked about how he was, uh, like, on a camp, he was on a cross country trip across America glamping. and, like, yeah, he was glamping <laughs> at a camper or whatever and stopped mm. in an RV park in, uh, like, a truck stop in Louisiana for the night and was, like, trying to read, like, sitting outside his, like, RV or, like, in the middle of the darkness and, like, rural Louisiana or whatever and was reading through the script and had to put it down till morning because he was just creeping himself out yeah um, <laughs> Louisiana it's like, a creepy like, place yeah <laughs> it's a fun place to drive through uh, yeah that, that, that drive from here to from Tanola like yeah. the Baton Rouge and stuff mm-hmm. is a it's a drive man mm-hmm. it's a you see a lot of a lot of parts there's, of there yeah there's some spooky some spooky sections of that drive for mm-hmm. sure and Louisiana in general it's like one of the most haunted places in the country because it's like yeah. what do people talk about it's like one of the only places in the country that's flown under like four different flags mm-hmm. and so it's like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons for for it being so spooky um yeah like I I really enjoyed this movie the first time I saw it uh and it's I think the new life that it's getting on on uh HBO on streaming has been really fascinating to me because like I think I originally wanted to do this episode whenever we like first saw that like that mm-hmm. weekend and everything, but the timing didn't work out, you know, scheduling and stuff. Yeah, I think um, I texted you right after I saw it. I was like, "Yo, yeah, when are we gonna do this shit?" <laughs> I'm on board. And it's so funny because it's given it's gotten such a second life uh, on streaming. Like literally, like the weekend it came out, a couple people will talk to me about it. But since it put put on streaming like last week or whatever, it's like my my inbox has been getting blown up of people being like, "Dude, I fucking, I watched Barbarian finally, and that yeah. shit was fucking wild." And I was yeah. like, "All right, cool." Like sleeper hit for sure. Yeah, it definitely only like i don't know it's, it's coming back around uh but yeah let's talk about the plot a little bit because this movie is fucking awesome um so yeah it kicks off with the uh the first scene of this movie is basically the premise that we kind of get in the trailer um that sets up the movie uh one of the things i love about this movie is that in the initial credit scroll too um that very very first shot of tess right um sitting in her car that uh score by uh anna Baumbach. Oh, wait forget the name of that composer but there's like this this chorus of like screams, screams. and groans and stuff and like, and that's like all the victims of that home. exactly right it's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff on the rewatch of this movie that yeah. like it's this is obviously a great movie for like a first watch because of the twists and stuff but like on a rewatch it's it's more hilarious but then also unsettling in some parts like this one yeah. where you're like oh those are all of the victims in the basement yeah. and mm. then she cracks that door open and it's just it cuts off um but uh so one of the things also that becomes super apparent in the opening of this movie is how good looking it is. Um, so yeah, talking about Zach. So it's not Kurt. Sorry, Zach Cooperstein. Zach Cooperstein. Yeah, oh, yeah, was yeah. was the DP yeah. um, on this. We get so many of these awesome shots in the opening sequence where Tess and uh, Keith are interacting first. That first shot uh, scene where she goes to the bathroom is like looking at all the different like toiletries mm-hmm. and stuff, and we get those cool like rack focus things of yeah. like the different like you know little bottles and the toothbrush. And I'm like, oh, this is some this is some tasty tasty cinematography in here. Yeah. Um, so Zach also did the uh, this movie that I recommended a few episodes ago, I think maybe on our Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
Spectre episode. Um, it's a movie called The Eyes of My Mother. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have. The yeah, black yeah. and white movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what. That's a, a really really cool. Like it's a shorter movie. It's like a shorter concept that's and more of like an art film. Um, but that one too was very very striking for the sharpness of its cinematography. And this guy is like. I, I'm really excited to see like the more, more stuff that he does because you can tell he's like not just within this genre but like with other things he's got he's got an eye and, uh, yeah. and some some skills. Um, so yeah, this whole opening sequence like this meet cute is where we get like all of those red flags going up uh, mm-hmm. between Tess and uh, Keith. Um, we find out like is in the trailer like, is sort of explained in the trailer. They have uh, both booked uh, a, an Airbnb or he uses what is it HomeAway? I guess is, the, is yeah, another Homeaway, app that yeah. nobody mm-hmm. has ever heard of. Yeah. I don't know. Have you have you ever used HomeAway? No, no. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was like, what other fucking like rental I mean, app? Is it Verbo? Or yeah, something like that. Something I, weird. I, mean, I feel kind of weird about it anyway because after watching the rental too, I'm like, I don't know if like Airbnbs. And here we are about to go out of the country. And I'm like, let's not do any Airbnb. <laughs> let's just do all. hotels let's from do now hotels, on. Yeah. 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 yeah, I could see them getting some like cease and desist type shit if they would have called it. Yeah, like said it was an Airbnb. Yeah, like That's well, they said it was a and B, and they did say they it- say it was an Airbnb. Oh, you think that's that's distinct enough Airbnb, for them to Airbnb is struggling right now as yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't think that would have been a good look for them. Yeah, to like make it's people true. think like this could happen to you with an Airbnb. And we but are... they can shit on like the smaller app that nobody uses. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> and this is I guess like, we're we're at a really unique moment. This movie comes out a unique moment with Airbnb, like you said, because they were kind of struggling. Because obviously, like the uh, the bubble of, uh, mm-hmm. of like Zillow going around and buying up like a shitload of properties and like other like hedge funds being like, oh, well, you can just like buy mm-hmm. a bunch of property and then rent it out for way higher than like yeah. you know a mortgage payment would be and you're just vaporizing housing for yeah people in the actual community yeah, yeah. which kind of has a parallel sort yeah. of uh, relationship with the yeah. <laughs> 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 which is also funny though because of the idea of this bnb though being in the in middle this, like white flight fucking detroit, detroit. neighborhood yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hilarious like i think there's there's some element of like i think that's why i kept as we were watching it i was like i kept waiting for there to be some kind of like magical realism thing going on where mm. like to justify why this would like be happening or like mm. still exist or it's whatever it's also like the one perfect property on the block. yeah it's yeah. pristine yeah it looks like it did in the what the 80s when they show it earlier mm-hmm um, I think yeah, that's like the only flaw I, I see in that with Tess' character. Like I can explain everything else with Tess' character, but like when I look at homes, like I'm looking at the neighborhood first, right? Yeah. But that, I'm gonna like bring up Google Street View. And <laughs> I rotate I a little bit. And I'll be like, nah, absolutely. I'm out, I'm out. Even if you're like driving up to it and yeah. it's at night, and you still can see. I mean, like, uh-huh. see what you're driving into. I'll be like, nah, I don't, I don't think this is the move. Like I'd drive to the suburbs and get a motel or some shit. Yeah, like that. facts. It's also just like the fact that like she's she's a re- she's a documentary researcher, mm-hmm. right? So you would assume that she kind of would know about like the history of the area or just like anything in the Rust Belt in general, right? Just kind of mm-hmm. like being aware that when you go to Detroit, like. Maybe you just get a hotel. Like, probably, yeah. It's a little hood. It's a little hood. It's hood everywhere. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a whole thing. But yeah, so this whole like interaction, we get the first sort of like uh, meet cute, I guess, uh, as they're, she goes from being very guarded to kind of coming around uh, with Keith uh, eventually through this whole opening sequence. But yeah, he, he does the thing like we talked about that um, uh, Zach Kreger was inspired by from uh, that book where it's like, like you said, literally every red flag of once they break that initial barrier of being like, oh, we're double booked here, um, and he convinces her to to stay, then it's then it's a whole litany of him carrying her luggage, Cat offering her game. tea, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's tea. oh, I open. I know you said you didn't want wine, but I opened yeah. it anyways. Here it um, is. 
but even in such a way that's like the manipulative nature of it though like of him acknowledging the creepiness of the things he's doing to mm-hmm. as to disarm it and then you know full circle yeah. sort of like because he straight around. up he says at one point right like if it was me outside and you yeah, were in here yeah. you wouldn't have let me in yeah like, hell like, no. that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> immediately not. AJ should have been like it's oh, also yeah. that it's You're also right. privilege too, too yeah. for him to even be like yo this is creepy yeah but I'm still gonna but do I'm it helping you right but now? I'm helping you and yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep doing it because mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing, and uh, you know, yeah. That, was, po- that power hierarchy is, yeah. is n- no good. Yeah, I it, hate it. It was the <laughs> it was one thing. It was when you know, just him saying like using the term "young lady" in his speech. As he's <laughs> like, I'm not gonna. I, I, it's against my upbringing to uh, to take a room while a young lady is is out here on the couch, or like when he's bringing in her luggage and he's like, it, it's not even a question. Like you know, let me. Do, and it's like it's the overly chivalrous sort of yeah. like. Uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah you because, can tell. like, the baby boomer chivalry that he learned from his parents, <laughs> yeah. they never did anything predatory, right? Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with no that generation. Like, <laughs> as they're sitting in, like, yeah, just destroyed, like, section of Detroit from yeah. fucking, like, True I don't words know, like, Reaganomics. Not spoken. That yeah. was a good one. <laughs> um, because, yeah, the other one is, like, the 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 whole thing with the, the tea and the wine, like you said, where it's, like, they, they decide that, that she's going to stay there, and then they got to wash the sheets because she has a thing about dirty sheets. Um, so in the time between when the sheets are getting washed and when the bed is ready, um, they start having conversations to, like, you know, get to know each other a little bit better. But, yeah, even the wine doesn't get opened until she comes back out. And he's, like, I didn't open it because I know, like, I, I noticed you didn't drink your tea, uh, mm. so I didn't want to open it without you being here. So you saw that, like, I didn't do anything with it or whatever. Stretched and it's, like, it out. just acknowledging <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's like just waving the flag in her yeah. face. Yeah. Um but it's 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 fine. But yeah, they they uh they eventually start getting to know each other a little bit better and uh, we learned that Tess is here to um interview for a job as a documentary researcher. Um and the her boss was a uh a filmmaker who made a documentary on jazz um that gets brought up. And Keith reveals that he's the founder of the Lion Tamers, which I assume mm-hmm. is like a Detroit-based like music group or something, or like a production company. I thought or they were more of a I like an art it, collective. I'm not sure. Like it almost sounds like that you're buying homes and like rebuilding the homes for like it was some kind of weird. I assumed it had something to do with music because he talks about how he like he knows like the he, the jazz film that yeah, she referenced yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. um but all to say that basically like she, she it, it, it hits a nerve with her and like this is where the switch kind of like happens right um where she goes from being like a very believable believably like mm-hmm. suspicious Guarded. character yeah. uh to kind of ingratiating with him and uh and feeling a little a little more comfortable also how um, like smart she was in that in that instance you were talking about the shots earlier about the toothbrush and stuff like that when we start doing more subjective kind of shots on mm-hmm. everything. And those are the things that, like, I would check, right? You're looking at mm-hmm. the toothbrush to make sure it's not up there. You're looking at his luggage to make sure there's no clothes in the closet like he lives there, you know? Right. Things like that. Taking pictures of driver license to make yeah. sure yeah. if shit pops off. Sending I got, it to like, her friend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah seriously. So. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing is, like, I that the little suspension of disbelief that you kind of have to do where it's, like, see, the the – the reasonable and like the careful character that is in this first scene would be like texting pictures like yeah. their location to their friends because like mm-hmm. 
for her to go missing for two weeks is like the other thing where you're like, yeah. oh shit, like did your boss not like worry about right. like where you were whenever you told her you're yeah. staying in this exactly. neighborhood yeah. and then you disappear for two weeks and don't answer calls yeah. when you get the job or the interview or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so her boss even said like, oh, you're staying over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then she disappears and is like, no, that's fine. I guess that wasn't, <laughs> like, yeah, just like, I guess she didn't want that. Yeah, because it's, it's in Brightmore, I guess, in Detroit. And so yeah, yeah, she didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking my ass yeah, down there. Seriously. Call the next one. One of those jobs that doesn't even tell you that you didn't get the job. It's just the shitty hiring practice but yeah they um they their their mute cube becomes a little cuter because uh, yeah like they you know she she loosens up because they he's he's part of a group that she recognizes and so and also recognizes the work that she's doing um so they share wine and yeah let me get that shot that i talked about where it's like of him giving like romantic advice like her talking about <laughs> she has a couple of like things on her phone that like pop up she's like you know rejecting calls from like, marcus, marcus or something. Yeah. um so we're led to believe that yeah she has like an ex-boyfriend that she's like avoiding contact with um and uh they start they 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 do that thing of like setting up the bedding and it's still the last part of this opening it that like is still like a little creepy and setting keith up to be the uh like the antagonist is like him waiting around just like a little yeah, too long yeah. like after like they're in her room and they like reset the bed and they've done the cute little thing by with the um uh, the duvet cover yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh they fix her duvet cover and then like they just stand there for a fucking stressfully long amount of time i'll give it it, yeah i'll 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 give it this like it's like that moment of like is this gonna go any further i'm hoping it does yeah nope it's not all right like (laughs) but they escalated pretty quickly weird fucking situation yeah i I would not be thinking like oh is this gonna work like you didn't know each other yeah she thought you were potentially a murderer like 30 minutes ago. Exactly, right? You're it, leaning very hard. Yeah. But that's the thing like, is like a dude, a dude is always down. Like, yeah. That's kind of the situation where he's like, he's like so I, I, I did the duvet cover. What do yeah, you think? You like, didn't run away. I don't know. That's what made me think he was a musician too because it was like that energy of being like... <laughs> He's like, he's like, this usually works. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, should I go get my guitar? Yeah, right. This is like, it usually works. So I don't know why things aren't going the right way. Um, I would yeah. say too with Zach, um, what he did with this too. He was trying to like subvert the genre, subvert the genre, because I remember him mentioning like one of the films that inspired it was like Audition, right? Yeah, did you see Audition? I, he Fuck talked about yeah, it. Dude. Okay, so I haven't seen this. It, it, it was uh, it would change uh, it would change your life. Takashi Miike. Yes, right. Um, it would change your whole experience. That this is Saw came out in 2000, 2001? The first Saw. Yeah, two thousand one. Two thousand one. So yeah. this dropped in uh, ninety nine. Yeah, the audition is from nineteen ninety nine. Dude, I, Japanese I, filmmaker horror, yeah. J horror kind of stuff. I was thirteen and I saw it. And I Shit, was like, it messed me up. So when Saw came out, I wouldn't watch Saw because I was like. I just saw audition. I'm like, I'm good on this, but like, <laughs> how they like subvert the genre in the sense where audition starts off like almost like a, a uh, like a comedy drama, right, kind of thing where you have this older gentleman who's looking for a love life and has his best friend works in the in the film industry, so they're holding these fake casting for like his that potential new wife, and like the dad's like sons encouraging him to do stuff, blah blah, blah and it just turns into this brutal thing so i think with barbarian it was a little bit more on the nose because of just the score at the beginning right if like whatever mm-hmm. but once you kind of start feeling it you start feeling like maybe it's a a draw a dark like romantic comedy right and once they start connecting and then you know we fall into a tunnel but like i say all of that where zach also kind of makes fun of like jump scares right so mm-hmm. we get two jump scares at the beginning right you get mm-hmm. the one basically she 
he goes to go get his phone or something to show her and she's on the phone or doing something and he pops in and scares her, right? That's Zach going, ha, 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 that's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then the other one we're about to get into, you know, after, you know, they locked the door and stuff. But yeah. like, it was Zach being clever with being like, let me just, you know, here's Bill, here's here's it. He's got to be the fucking monster, right? Yeah. Like, you assume <laughs> yeah. that he's going to be the, the fucking the evil one in this in this movie. Because it is that thing, like, you talked about, I think whenever he was talking about the audition and the inspiration, too, of taking, like, like using genre mm-hmm. to, like, approach a very high-concept theme, essentially, yeah. too. Because the other thing about that movie is that it, it does address, like, a... Um, like a a problem with like like you know sexuality and stuff too, uh, and then also like gender dynamics, um, yeah, sexual misconduct, exactly, yeah. yeah, some some crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> that that movie was also I think from the same production company that did the Ring Ringo, yes. right? Yeah, uh, and then the audition came out came afterward. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely need to watch that. I, I heard him talking about that. And I was watching some clips from it, and it's it looks fucking scary. I revisited maybe like two years ago, and mm-hmm. I still was just like, man, it just makes my skin crawl because. You gotta see it, man. I don't know how. Actually, I think so. I recognize some of the clips, and I I just now remembered that when we went to go see, so we went to go see The Shining on Halloween in 4K at Alamo Draft House, and they had um, some of the they you know how they do trailers for some of the upcoming sort of like older films that they're Mm -hmm. gonna show. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're gonna do a screening of the audition uh, at the Lake Highlands Alamo Draft House. Let me know. I'll come with you. Go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Um, so yeah, they, uh, the last part of this whole opening sequence is like, that's kind of like meant to spook you and creep you out is the stuff that was in the trailer. Um, so Jess wakes up in the middle of the night to find that her door has been opened. Uh, and she obviously suspects Keith, but he's passed out on the couch having a nightmare. He's like groaning and screaming in his sleeps. Mm -hmm. Um, this has not really, this doesn't really have any effect on the plot other than being creepy. Um, but I think it's also the moment in the trailer that it seems like was dropped from the final cut mm-hmm. uh, because in the trailer there's like we hear yeah the footsteps yeah, right yeah, the, like yeah, light yeah, footsteps because yeah. uh, uh, that's not in the movie in the final no. cut of it um, no I don't think so it's just it's the door is it, open it, it, yeah they mean to like imply that somebody scurries to the basement right like, yeah which is with the implication there is that like the mother like she just like creeps up and like very carefully mm-hmm. like I don't know. I guess she can be stealthy. She's stealthy later on, but it's like it seems like yeah, all the other times she's fucking <laughs> plomping around. Like, yeah, because when 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 that happens, when she goes to look, you see the door kind of just move back, mm-hmm. right? The basement door. So yeah, right. Yeah. So the yeah the implication is that she she comes out at night to, to wander around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking ninja, <laughs> <laughs> mutant ninja. Um, yeah, uh, Keith is passed out on the couch, and she obviously suspects him, so she goes up and tries to like poke him or whatever because he's like tossing and turning in his sleep, and then the the facade of nice guy has dropped completely oh, he, just, he's like, yeah, he immediately just gaslights the shit out of her it's like, like how, the could fuck? You, how could you think it was me yeah you the fuck fucking out of kidding me? me uh and so she goes back to her her room and like shuts the door and locks it um and that's good that's good she seems like the only reason is like i i'm still questioning what her perspective on this relationship is because she seems like a little embarrassed or whatever that she mm-hmm. like woke him up or like was creeped out um but yeah, it's 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 fine. I mean, he the, definitely flipped it on her on her head, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's where that dynamic shift kind of happened, mm-hmm. right? And I think as the audience, that's where you kind of go, okay, is this guy actually the bad guy, or yeah. is this like he's just some kind of geek? Just just you know, he shot a shot and he missed, yeah. and now he's pissy about it or yeah. something, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that but, would be typical. Yeah, right. yeah. Typical. Uh, <laughs> the next section of this movie is the stuff where I don't think like. I don't know. I think this is a little bit of a stretch, uh, like stretching in the movie, uh, this whole interview sequence. Um, mm. 
so the main purpose of this section, though, I guess, is to kind of establish like how shitty of a neighborhood Brightmore is, though. Its position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this is this is the section of the movie where it's actually um, other than the opening shot of the first daylight scene of the outside. So this is still in Bulgaria, right? No, um, actually, this is the only time they shot in Detroit. Was I think when interview. she's driving, it's when they're in Detroit, Detroit right? Yeah, yeah. But the the first shots of like the exterior of the house, right? And then the, yeah, the houses across the street. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they built basically like they're in this big field, and there's one mm-hmm. road going through it, and they built like 13 facades in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for the fronts of the the other houses that are yeah. all broken down and everything, uh, Zach Rager talks in that that one panel interview about how terrified he was that people were going to see this first shot because <laughs> if you look at the houses that are directly across the street from four seven six Barbary, like there's three houses that are all right next to each other uh, and they're all the, you know the built facades but there's a wall in this field that they yeah. were filming and that goes directly behind them so all of these houses are built like right in the front of that <laughs> yeah. wall and he's like yeah people are gonna see that and be like where the fuck is going on here uh, but you can't really it's like very brief like it's yeah. like there's trees in front of it too so yeah. you can't really tell unless yeah. like you're actually looking at it uh, and looking for it but yeah like you said the rest of these shots when she, she drives in and drives through um, Michigan those are some actual shots from right more and Detroit um, this is where she has her, her brief interview with her prospective boss. Um, and uh, at the end of the interview, the boss asks her where she's staying. And she's saying, oh, I got a B&B in Brightmore. And she's like, that's, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like, that's, that's, the that's hood, real so. sketchy. She, she <laughs> yeah. says, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, I'm reconsidering um, offering you this job because you're clearly a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, but yeah, that, that, that allows us as the audience though, to know that like, if, if it wasn't obvious from the external read shots your of the hood house, is basically, yeah. it's yeah. what she was saying, read your hood, you know? Yeah. Uh, but she goes back, to, she makes it back to the BNB. Uh, I guess before that, you know, we, we had the scene that like Keith had left her a nice note, uh, asking oh, yeah. her to leave the key in the lockbox or whatever. Um, on the rewatch, I think this is one of the funnest shots of the movie of when she gets back to the B&B and goes back into the house and the homeless man comes and, and yeah, like, oh, yeah. Andre, yeah, Andre rolls up <laughs> yeah. and he's like trying to help her, yeah. but like the way it's shot and it's, it's awesome the way his acts, the, both his acts set mm. up the shot, I guess, uh, of him being out of focus in the mm-hmm. background you just see the blob of him mm-hmm. um as she's yeah. like getting out of her grand cherokee like uh, sprinting towards her yeah and yeah. he's because he's clearly trying to help her he's like yeah. fuck this girl this bitch is gonna go in this house again <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's and like he, the fucking get out run to like, so yeah. Right yeah. but she, she <laughs> right after it, she's told to get the fuck out of that neighborhood yeah. exactly yeah uh, but yeah, she makes it to the lockbox and inside the house in time to like lock the door right as he's like banging on the window. He's like, "Get out of that house! Yeah. Like you need to come out of that house right now. Yeah, let's not, all be real. Not like though. come out here so I can get you. Like yeah. get the, get out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Let's get real though. I mean, I've been in South Dallas and there's been times where, I mean, I hate to talk about people like this, but like they're like the Walking Dead. And like when they're approaching you, you're like, "Yo, man, this is this, this can go this wrong. Cannot, yeah, yeah. This, you're like, this, this can go wrong. Be good. You're like, man, where are my keys? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> just, be, just be vigilant when yeah. you're in when you're in a big city. Like, that's yeah. that's the that's the whole thing. I mean, like, when people this come... is also a, a woman by herself. Exactly. Too, so yeah. Like, I don't have that frame of reference. Ex- but yeah. yeah. I can only imagine like if my wife was in that situation, she'd do the same fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. a grown man. I would have been like, yo, <laughs> seeing <laughs> so trending at me. Pleasant conversation. Fight or flight, baby. Yeah. Um, but we also learn in this, like, we get a nice, uh, good ex- example of how utterly useless the police are in this situation where she tries to call 911 and the lady's like, well, is he still there? And she's like, no, I, th- I can't see him, but I don't know. Like, well, we don't have any available units right now. So we're not, she's like, you're not sending anybody out or anything. She's good like, old no. Detroit right there. It's not the first <laughs> time they wait, let you down. Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> right? No, no, no. We're not going out there. Um, 
but that that definitely will come into play again uh, later. It reminded me though of like the this one and the other the other sequence reminded me when, when we watched Men uh, with the Andrew Dominics, where it's oh, like, yeah. and that was in England too. But yeah. the police show up and they're like, "Well, he didn't do anything. He was just naked." And it's like, "That's I think that's technically a crime." But they like they kind of just sweep it away. And yeah, like, All right, yeah. This wasn't a this wasn't a problem. Um, st- uh, Tess getting stuck in the basement and the kickoff of the uh, investigation of the tunnel kind of ends this opening act of the movie. Um, and then we get to say goodbye to Keith as well. Uh, so, <laughs> um, very abruptly. Yeah. The, one of the other kind of like driving themes of this movie is like men wandering aimlessly into clearly dangerous situations yeah. that women would have never allow themselves to get caught invincible. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that whole, the whole set of her sort of, you know, going down to the basement and like discovering the trap door and discovering the like crazy, like torture room mm, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and stuff she she knows immediately that she is not in in a good spot but yeah that's the crazy thing about it because like their original open of the hidden tunnel room or whatever she's like nope and that was yep. like the, the clear signifier <laughs> when he was talking to you know yeah. to jordan that was like is this too close he was like no no whatever but like i mean again for her being smart in that sense right mm. and, you know us having like a you know a smart heroine sense of self-preservation kind of yeah and then she gets the mirror and does like a gaffer trick and reflects the light off the like mirror that? down the hall. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Ugh." laughs> and that's not that's not the only thing that happens in this movie it's something that happens a little later that i was kind of like ah, from a lighting standpoint from a g and e standpoint okay so it's like one of the extras is uh doing over over with a water hose and you only oh. do over and over when you're wrapping cables nice uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so she gets locked in the basement she discovers the torture room uh and then but keith um, shows up in the nick of time and she they finagle the window right and she manages to get him down there um it's that last moment too where he convinces her to stay in the house even though she's like ready to get the fuck out of there like yeah mm-hmm. you obviously should leave and he's like no stay here while i go look yeah block um, first blocking her like yeah kind of, like he kind of aggressively yeah, yeah blocks like, her block from her, leaving yeah. and like oh that's there's that last red flag and it'll be the last red flag he has the opportunity to throw <laughs> up there because uh, very quickly yeah. so he, he well, goes at, th- at this point i think we're still building up the the very real possibility that keith is the like yeah, yeah. yeah i believe you know he was at the, this point i'm like he didn't rent this place. He no. he set this here. up, or he like this yeah. is his property or right. something like that. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's it's crazy. Like having like rewatching this today, and then like having seen it and stuff. How the first watch though, right up until the moment that he dies, I thought that he was the antagonist. Still, I was like, he's oh, really? yeah. I thought he was like <laughs> leading her down there and like trying to like like because the thing of to, him like, trap her. Yeah, the thing yeah. of him physically blocking her from leaving. I was like, oh, this is part of his yeah. we've, we, we've demonstrated that he's manipulative and that he's able to like do these things and then like the idea that he has a relationship with this area already yeah. from being part mm-hmm. of that whatever art group or whatever um, I was like right until the very last moment that he dies I was like I, I still him I think for yeah. me like I guess watching the trailers a little too much like when they reveal like the, the hidden room with the video camera mm-hmm. then I was like man I'm getting some decent vibes I'm getting yeah. some kind of like you know uh inbreeding kind of thing i i got that kind of sense that like okay this is gonna be and him being it i mean him being yeah. it that was he too much on the separate nose. him from it but <laughs> i was i would say this though because the clever thing about this because jordan did it right with rose so you're sitting here thinking like please let rose be good you know what i'm saying you're like please god let her be good right this is just kind of the flip where you're like please don't let him be bad yeah. kind of thing you know but like i think that was the, the clever part of it but it, for me, it was a little bit too much on, on the nose, trying to write myself and being in the industry as, mm-hmm. as long as I have been. So it was kind of like, I think for me, it hurt me watching the trailers because yeah. I was like, 
because yeah. I not only do I watch them, I go behind, take still frames so I can like study the frames. So that hurt me in that sense where I was kind of they kind of once they were at that aggressive moment, he's trying to keep her in. I was like, okay, now they're trying to sell a little too much, mm-hmm. and that's why I knew like there's something else in here. Yeah, they still yeah. got me. I don't the know, mi- like the mystery was lost. A yeah, bit. yeah, the mystery and the mystery kind of like devolves. Well, it doesn't, I guess. Like here, it's still you're like, what the fuck is going on? So yeah. like we get down to that torture dungeon, and it's very reminiscent of like, um, yeah, like Toy Box Killer or um, Charles Ing and Leonard Lake. Uh, if you haven't heard of like the like from the true crime era, I don't know if you've heard about this yet, but those are guys who like would kidnap and yeah. like like torture women in, like isolated cabins like out in California mm-hmm. and shit. Um, Charles Ng and Leonard Lake committed a, like a series of kidnappings and murders between between 1983 and 1985, where they murdered uh, 25 people and, and tortured various women and stuff in very dark situations. But yeah, um, yeah the uh, so. Th- Tess follows down after Keith because he disappears down into the basement and doesn't come back up. Uh, she props that door open with the with the chair yeah. and and everything, and then goes down there. Um, this was something I was curious about. Like, so once she discovers like the extra tunnel, right, that goes Ooh. down into the basement, I was interested in this because I know. So we talked about how this is filmed in Bulgaria. Um, everything on the interior of the house and all the tunnels were built on sound stages and filmed practically in camera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these shots of like her using her phone flashlight right as she's going in i was curious as to whether they were like actually just using in camera like her phone flashlight as the only source of light no usually the the smart thing to do in that well here's the thing too they're using the sony venice right sony venice 2 and the the capability the iso capability for that since it's like dual iso sony's have created this demon magic when it comes to low light (laughs) stuff where you can almost shoot I wouldn't say shoot entirely dark, but you don't need that much of a light source to kind of get what you need. So mm-hmm. them sparking that and they're using uh Zeiss Supreme Primes, which I forgot what the aperture is, but it's a pretty fast lens and I'm pretty sure it's wide the fuck open for that. Um, and then I can look at the phone and see how it was flaring and stuff. So I know it's wide open. And sometimes generally what you do is you'll have like a top source, a very soft top source. So like with Mike Fling and, and all his movie or shows haunting mm-hmm. on Hill House, it's literally it's on stage but like on the top it's like they have like this thick diffusion and then they have these big kind of panel like shooting through that and you get kind of a soft ambience soft. yeah it just looks like give and everything po- a base layer of right light. and then post you can drop it because mm-hmm. you have that room you know you have mm-hmm. that room in the toe mm-hmm. so I think that's what they did because the uh, reverse shots of her whenever you like see her the front of her with holding her camera yeah. right she's lit in such a way where it's like it, it's meant to replicate the reflection Function. off the walls of the tunnel mm-hmm. right yeah. but I assumed that because it was all in camera and practical yeah that there was some source of light in front of her that was providing yeah. that base layer because yeah, those are like, like not a reflective no. surface you know to yeah. the human eye looking at that you're just yeah it's, it'd be super washed out the yeah. only way that would be reflective light. if they wet the walls right and now yeah. the wet down is yeah. what yeah. they call it but that's the wet down hashtag the wet down you're on wet down <laughs> uh, yeah, we that's say, why the guy was winding the hose like that I'm telling you the film industry in all our terms man they can turn ugly real quick um, yeah, we say goodbye to Keith. He, yeah, he shows up really quickly. This is that moment from the trailer where he comes like crawling out of the darkness, right? And uh, yeah, but this kill, man, like, because there was nothing hinted at in the trailer. And I think it, this movie did, a, the advertising and stuff did a good job of concealing the fact that we were going to get like a grotesque giant yeah. monster coming out of the darkness. So mm-hmm. when she comes out, like, we'll call the character the mother from now on because that's mm-hmm. how she's, that's how it's credited. Um, yeah, in the, in the credits for the movie. Um, but yeah, it comes out of nowhere and just bashing his brains against the wall uh, in front of 
the test. Yeah, that was some great practical effects. <laughs> yeah. Fucking gory seeing, yeah, yeah. seeing Keith dis- disappear. Mm. Like, uh, it was it was gnarly. So fast. It was fast, yeah. So fast. Our yeah. first glimpse of the mother is very, very quick, and it does a good job. That's what Zach, uh, Craig, the director talked about in, um, like, interviews for this is is the initial shots of, of the mother being kind of brief because um, mm-hmm. there was some initial content in there too and initial sh- and like additional scenes that were cut from the movie in the final cut um, that you want to keep it down to a minimum so that we don't show too much of oh. her too quickly um, mm-hmm. but yeah we do, do get a glimpse though of Matthew Patrick Davis playing the mother um, that actor yeah he's like six foot six, six and yep. he's he's a, he's a tall boy skinny too um, skinny. yeah getting uh, so I guess the makeup process for this was like down to three hours by the time they started filming yeah. um, and he only had to be on That's there for bad. five days yeah, yeah of the like 18 week shoot or whatever it was he was on in in makeup for like five days uh and the other cast members like justin long and Regina campbell talk about seeing him on set and how fucking unsettling it was <laughs> to like see him just like walking around like he's essentially naked like yeah, yeah. they have yeah. prosthetic you know a prosthetic crotch and legs yeah. and like, the tits and stuff and like yeah. his face um but yeah, he he's just like I. The idea of him like either having like a robe or just like nothing on and walking to craft services. And Georgina Campbell talks about how like yeah, it was really disturbing to see him on set. But then I would look at him and he'd be eating a panini, and you're just like, oh, I guess that is that is Matthew in there somewhere. Uh, he's he's doing okay. Did you, uh, did you uh, see what Zach's inspiration was for her? Like for uh, yeah, the where mother? did this character come from? Like so basically. Do you know the famous painting is like Caravaggio, but it's mm. maybe it's not Caravaggio, but it's, it's during the Cursor age of art where is this Jupiter. It is Saturn. Saturn, Saturn devouring the child. Oh yeah, yeah. That was his inspiration, and then he. And now read, that you say that, like as soon as you went down, I'm like, yeah, I know yeah. the picture popped. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That that gets referenced in another. Oh, when we talked about the Hills Have Eyes, oh, uh, God, yeah. that was another one where mm. it's like so in the Hills, you know, the 1977, the Hills Have Eyes. Um, all of the the names of the characters of the uh, the cannibal family, family are all yeah. are all uh, you know. Uh, Roman mythology yeah, characters yeah, yeah. Um, or Roman characters, uh, but yeah, that that was the other one where the inspiration for that movie of of sad, yeah the cannibal yeah. literally devouring his child. But yeah, yeah, the visual though is definitely very close. I mean, it's your typical ghoul, right? Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of this in uh, like in Smile at the end of that movie. Oh, um, the, that was terrifying. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen Smile? Yeah. Oh, you can sorry. cut it in, uh, yeah. oh, dude. Okay. I got, we done like six heart transplants in the last week and a half. Oh, I I'm sorry. I barely watched anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just come home and go to sleep. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Packers games and the horror movies I force you to watch. Correct. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's but, all I have time for. Yeah, it's it's but it is like your typical ghoul. It's just like yeah, the tall, lanky, like gross-looking thing. Um, but it's good. It's effective. Yeah. Like especially when you conceal it, like they did in this way, where you just see like you see her looming, like or rushing very quickly out of the darkness. And I think mm-hmm. that was the big thing too, because if you think about Saturn as in mythology, mm-hmm. I mean, he was eating his kids because he got that you know whole thing where it was real that his kids were going to destroy him. Yeah, the prophecy, mm-hmm. the prophecy of, of that. Yeah. So like. You know, that was kind of the signifier for Barbarian for me in that sense, because like, yeah, I mean, when I looked at it and how to, how it was lit, I was like, oh, this looks stupidly familiar to me. Oh, mm-hmm. that triggered even like your brain yes. of being and like, then the I was theme like, of this is going to be yes. like gross, like familial yeah. shit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because if you think about like the, the I'll, well, I'll hold that later because we haven't gotten to the mythology of mother. So yeah. I'll hold, I'll hold that one. Cool. Yeah, because this is the point. Like, you know, this is this the end of this opening act. We get this hilarious like jump cut to Malibu, right? <laughs> and of Justin Cruising Long convertible driving down a driving down the the, the 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 five on a in a red convertible, singing America, Ricky Tiki Tavi, the America's Donald favorite song. idiot. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. Right, this is such a great entry into the catalog of horror movies where Justin characters Justin Long's character is an asshole, yeah. including mm-hmm. Drag Me to Hell, mm-hmm. Tusk. 
Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Tusk. Yeah. Tusk. I rewatched Tusk recently, yeah. uh, and I we I don't know if you heard or were here when uh, Tyler's told his story about taking Courtney to the movies and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, <it wasn't laughs> thinking that. that they were getting into what would be like a funny rom com or like some you that know quirky Justin a, Long movie. Yeah, I've, I've been in the doghouse or, or <laughs> like the wal- decade. the walrus house <laughs> after watching. Um, Lots after a lot of theater going experiences. That's funny. Um, because I don't like going in with any context or any exposition. Smart. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, for me, um, not not for my partner. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a rough one. Because that's Django, a rough. Django was yeah. rough. Um, what was the other one that? Sorry to bother you. Oh, which I brought, I brought after we watched this movie. I brought it up because there's a like there is the same type of like tonal shift at some point yeah. where shit just kind of goes off the rails. Right. Um, which definitely this made me think of that. Yeah. Too. Cause yeah. the one, uh, I still can't get over the Tusk one. Cause I'm just like, man, even if you're, <laughs> cause as I, I rewatched that, like for, you know, the Halloween season and even watching it, like going into it and being like, I'll put this on, I'll put myself through this again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like watching it again though, you're just like, this is just a, I mean, it's just a very nihilistic movie, like the ending of it, but it's also just like, it's just not a, it's not exactly a pleasant viewing no. experience. No, it's, 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 it's entertaining. Long, it's like, funny, moaning like, and screaming for the yeah. last two thirds of the fucking movie. Yeah, it's so weird too because in that movie you have the DP of that was James Laxton who went on to work with Barry Jenkins on Moonlight hmm. and been working with Barry <laughs> Jenkins. Wow. You know, like, it's like what the a, weirdest, what a wildly what a weirdest like, stretch. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also another movie that Justin Long did this year, actually, that I was looking at clips from. I rented it, so I'll watch it after we get done with this, but it's uh, House of Darkness. It also oh, came out yeah. this year. Did you see anything about I did. that? No, it's, I didn't. I watched it. the clips of it because I was curious because I had read the uh, the synopsis, which is that like basically it's another one of the things where it's like Justin Long is playing an asshole, but it's like he plays a character named Hap, um, where he Hap offers Mina a ride home with ulterior motives. It's like him giving a woman a ride to her house, and it's like he's clearly he's trying to work his way cast. in there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, but it ends up like it's it, it turns out that like the woman he drives home is like a vampire or something, and it's uh, like a, it's like a twist on like Drac like a Dracula story essentially, I'll like check a it out, gender yeah. swapped. But it looks cool. I'll, I want to check it out. I think yeah, it has it has like middling reviews, so we'll see if it's actually good or not. Um, that can be that can go by the way but yeah we get this uh, middle section here with justin long where we set up his mm. character and the absolute piece of shit that he is <laughs> yeah uh that Who's first supposed to be zach efron, efron yeah which but, how do you think this would have gone with zach efron playing that like i, I think it works better with justin long uh, yeah absolutely and zach mentions like in the interviews that he as soon as zach bailed because he declined it mm-hmm. uh he was originally thinking some sort of like big dumb himbo kind of character mm. um but zach bailed then he went to Justin Long and realized that that would work better. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because he's so disarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't like he's playing an asshole. Yeah, but like if you saw that guy out at a life. bar or yeah. something, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "This fucking guy!" Like he's small, he's exactly. like baby faced. He's you a know, mark. You'd like laugh at him. You'd be <laughs> yeah. like, "This fu- like just get away from us. Yeah, Go away." Right. That's why it's so funny to have him play these characters. I mean, the same yeah. thing in Tusk yeah. too, right? Where it's like in Tusk, like every interaction he has with like another character, you're like, "This fucking guy." <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. He's just completely absurd. And like this movie, the way he handles electronics in this movie just cracks <laughs> me up. Whether it's and his weapons f- and weapons, yeah, his phone or later when he 
he gets Tess's laptop and just fucking like frisbee tosses it onto the, like the cabinet. Like it's such a good throw, but it's just like his utter like he's he's a rich you know Hollywood asshole. Uh, yeah, like what he's the character he's trying to Absolutely. play, but like yeah. he'll he'll have his phone. He's like throwing it on the top of his car, or, like on in the dashboard of his car. And yeah, the, when he like eats that fucking laptop, it just cracked me up. Um, because the way he interacts with people is the same way too. Where it's like his phone call, his phone call with his mom, right? Where he hangs yeah. up as she's saying goodbye yeah. to him, and you're like, that's the kind of fucking guy that like yeah. exactly like it would be mm. in this exact situation. I always look at it too, like it almost puts like context of like who he was, right? I think of him like a child actor. Yeah, and I say that because like just his unathletic everything and you know <laughs> whatever you think about like kids or early kid actors and stuff like that i was remember i was listening to something and we were talking about it and the kids none of the kids knew how to ride a bike yeah that's because so they're sad, like kind of right like, you know their parents have you know they've been acting all their lives so they've they got to protect to yeah kid. they didn't have time to be they a kid they don't interact in the, the real world so at all. like mm-hmm. i look at his justin's character in that and go that's that's who he is like mm-hmm. those content clues. That's a good, yeah. That 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 reads because it's like the yeah, idea of him. Well, being his like, career is like floundering. floundering. At this point yeah, too. or he yeah. has like a lifelong career that he just like and he knows the industry and like kind of just expects to be plugged into it periodically because that mm-hmm. phone call where we explicitly learn very quickly like the setup of his character because he has that call with his agents and whatever and they tell him about you know what he's he's being accused by his co-star of, of sexual they put it nicely first they say sexual yeah. assault yeah. Uh, and they tell him there's going to be a story and even the way he reacts to it like the triggers that get like set off in your brain when you hear like a dude calls a woman a bitch mm-hmm. like immediately mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. says that bitch and you're like this guy is not good yeah. and they explicitly say it's like oh you're he, she is accusing you of raping her mm-hmm. and it's we're like I the the just the fact that it is Justin Long is interesting because like you said this his his visage is so disarming yeah. he seems mm-hmm. like such an innocent and not and like not imposing figure yeah. where if you would put like the idea of putting an actual like himbo in there like Zac Efron yeah. or like Channing Tatum or some yeah. like mm. it would be a little bit too the, the meta ness of it, it makes you sense. look at a guy like <laughs> yeah. that and you're like he could guy overpower could somebody exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, Justin Long you look <clears> at him you're like. Dodgeball. That's what I think yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it, and it, I think it fits into the theme of the movie so much better, though, too, because like what you know, the whole idea of of the three parallel like pillars of this movie of the different stages of of um, of a man worming his way into an assault and assaulting a woman uh, is yeah, you get the Keith character of mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård, where it's like this. Is pre- this can- we see this and examples of this in the real world as being presented as innocuous, if not charming, you know, because it's mm-hmm. it's disguised as chivalry, but it's still yeah. it's we still invasive. Soft, soft boys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still invasive and yeah. manipulative because the objective is still there, is the same. Yeah. And then you have this middle example of somebody who is like, you look at him and the way we have to like you know have a dialogue about these kinds of people where it's like he he doesn't present as being imposing or or like. I overly strong or masculine. So the idea of him overpowering somebody, you know, through force and even him sort of like try to spin it uh, as if, as you know, well, we, she was, she came around, she wasn't into it at first uh, when he later pretty much admits to it to yeah. his friend. Right. Yeah. It's, it's to Zach. Which yeah. Is Zach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, during that situation when you're like oh this is the exactly the type of like this is how like that type of thing gets swept under the rug or how Mm. like it gets power dynamics yeah because he's not he's not a um, imposing guy i didn't see like but he's never been held accountable for anything exactly Sunday scary. Yeah, even when he's talking to like his his friend later on like the way that conversation goes it's like 
yeah, the way he frames it, you're just like, and he just Ugh. expects it mm-hmm. to all work out in his favor because yeah. everything has up to that point. Yeah, but I love the the se- the sequence of uh, of him getting dropped by his various people, and he be, he we learned that he's going to become insolvent very quickly because yeah. his accountant tells him that you know because of the price of the lawsuits um, and his rate of spending, and obviously not having a job now, uh, he's going to be broke pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, and his accountant drops him too. Uh, says, "I'm going to give you back your files." You're yeah. like. Fuck yeah, dude! Good accountant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good move. Um, so he has to go. <laughs> well, to... Well, that's a that's a work move. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> lose. He's gonna yeah. lose money if he keeps this guy. Yeah, not today. But he... who is it that plays his agent again? Uh, on the phone or the? On the phone, it sounds like it's Zach T on the phone. Like there's, one of the agents. There's a couple of uh, cameos from. Uh, I know uh, Zach's uh, the director's wife uh, is on the phone as Bonnie whenever mm-hmm. he gets to the B and B. Yeah, um, that's who and... I, I was trying to think who. There's also um, there's a couple of other cameos. I think like his when he's on the phone with his mom, it's the mom from Superbad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then there's one more where it's uh, it's another actor. She's um, she has oh, yeah, a little voice Brooke cameo. Dolan. Yeah, Brooke Dolan. Yeah, Brooke Dolan is the mom, um, and then it's uh, Kate Bosworth uh, plays Melissa oh. on the phone um, as his like yeah whatever for the pr- the production company or the network or whatever. Mm. Um, and I did read as well that. The article that gets released, mm-hmm. um, Zach Krieger was very adamant that it had to be a Hollywood Reporter oh, article, yeah. mm-hmm. and that the author, the lady that they have as the author, is a real Hollywood Reporter contributor. Yeah. Oh, nice! Who like post Weinstein era tanked like a ton of different dudes and re- like actually wrote these articles yeah. like wow. this. So they like keyed her into the plot, and they, she was like, "Yeah, put my name on it." Yeah, <laughs> like that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck this fictional guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he gets so like him going to the house is to try to. He says he has to go do some liquidating, right? Uh, in Detroit, he has a couple of properties uh, that aren't very valuable, but that kind of like that 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 incites his motivation to like mm-hmm. being in the house uh, and everything. He has to go out to one of these properties to figure out if he can sell it for to stay afloat for a yeah, little longer. Yeah, this somewhat. I tried to suspend this disbelief, but like, why does he have that property? Yeah, right. Like, how yeah. did it end up in his? Nobody I, wants to live on that street. Yeah. Nobody wants to live on that block. Why does why does he have that? We're gonna so, talk about Frank here. Insider in, trading. Yeah, we're gonna talk about yeah uh-huh. Frank here in a second. But I assumed it was one of those things where it's like the idea of like so when you have like you know wealth management or like investment stuff where it's like a hedge fund yeah, basically. Going I mean, it wasn't him. Somebody else did. Yeah, it. like yeah. you know some some uh, investment company went and it's like they do around here and all over the place now where it's like you go and buy put houses and then renovate them to mm-hmm. rent them out as B and B's. You're just stuff. you're just providing like the. The, the initial money. overhead, yeah. yeah, like he like the deed is in his name, so that he can technically claim the you know whatever revenue comes from it or whatever, uh, but has yeah. never been there, obviously. But he's mm. uh, we learned that he's from Michigan. Like yeah. uh-huh. he's on in the conversation on the phone. His mom asks him when he's coming home, and he lies and tells her that he's in California when he is in Michigan, yeah. and that's why he's able to meet up with his friend and say you know I'm back in town and you know, that's that's where he lives uh, mm. potentially, right? Also, it um, builds his relationship with his dad because mm-hmm. you know she's like, oh, your dad wants to see you. And he's like. Did he say that? Did yeah. he say he wants to see me? Yeah. Like, you're like, all right, that's yeah, yeah. That's your 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 dad probably knows you're an asshole too. So yeah, yeah. that's one of those things. But yeah, that, that, man, the fucking that conversation with his mom is kind of heart wrenching. Honestly, yeah. she's like, what are we what are we supposed to tell people? And he's like, well, tell her she's she's a lying fucking bitch. And you're like, dude, <laughs> goddamn, man. Like, yeah. it's like, like you really just leaned into that. one. I know. Yeah. I, I've had this conversation a couple times with different people. When you hear a dude's like say the word bitch, like when actually yeah. like it's seriously about, it's without about context, yeah. And it's dude like that. It hurts. Yeah, it's, that, that's su- like ooh, it's brutal. It's so yeah. jarring when you hear that happen. Uh-huh. And you're like, fuck, man. Like, 
I mean, I only know one other word that uh, yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that context like that. is really important for. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's cracker, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chris Hon- Rock, cracker, ass cracker. <laughs> uh, he's very, very good at being an asshole, and like we kind of want him to fucking die really quickly. I mean, how he just answered the phone, dropping the f bomb, like yeah. it was just like okay. That, if in, yeah, in like you're inconvenienced by somebody even speaking to you. Yeah, I mean, we like, all have worked with people like that, right? Yeah. I love... They suck. Yeah. <laughs> I love Full the com- circle. I love the conversations, though, of, uh, like, that he has with the B&B agent or listing agent officer or whatever, yeah. though, too, where he mm-hmm. calls her and he's trying to complain yeah. because he finds the luggage in his house. And he's like, who the fuck is staying in my house? And she's like, have a nice day. And just like... <laughs> and I guess it's the idea of, of it getting around and everybody's read the article and knows mm-hmm. he's a fucking monster now. And so uh-huh. it's like, people are just kind of like, able like very confidently shunning him and i'm like nice mm-hmm. like very fun it's fun it's fun yeah. to see this guy get treated that way um, they're all soft quitting him yeah exactly yeah so he he, he starts uh exploring the house trying to figure out if there's people staying in there uh the basement door was propped open uh so he goes down to investigate um and this is when he he discovers the the torture room and the hidden tunnel. And this is like the sequence of the movie that had me fucking laughing my ass off. I was off. losing my shit. It was so <laughs> like seeing this for the first time in theaters when he goes back up and is googling the square footage yep. like value addition to his house, um, and then going down with the tape measure. The tape measure scene is by far the best. Like, I, I was for like, sure. this is some of the whitest shit. <laughs> and it just I've keeps seen. going too. Yeah. Like it- it's that pacing. It kept thing. getting better and better. It's the that yeah, the, the bit. It's like yeah, just keep going back to the bit and like dragging that joke out for so long. Of like, like, it's like well, he has to like that's realize that's the whitest that w- kids you know sketch. Yeah, right exactly. Like, yeah, that should have been in the Absolutely. show. Could have yeah. been in the show because yeah. even him like moving the bed in the, the yeah. <laughs> so he goes to the other side. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Just distance, completely bro. disregarding like fucking. Oh my god. He has no clue like how dimensions work. Yeah, because he's using it wrong too. Yeah, he's measuring it. Like it's not adding up. Yeah, oh, it's like what is he gonna do with those dimensions? Like, is he gonna fucking actually do the math? But he's just uh, like going around and just gleefully. He's fucking, trying to do the math too. Yeah, the math exactly. is all he's just wrong. seeing like dollar signs in his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh fuck yeah! Like every time he sees a new section of the house. Um, yeah, do finished basements add to the value? I mean, I assume they do. I don't know. We don't have we don't uh, have basements down here. So. It, de- it depends on the state. Yeah, uh, there's laws in each state. Um, I actually looked into this. You're curious, yeah. Today, as I was reading about this movie again because like we're starting to look at you know buying a home mm-hmm. at some point in the near future and um in the midwest everywhere has basements so but it depends on the on the state um whether you can like legally include it in a listing mm. um, which he clearly could not fucking figure out by himself yeah, while yeah. he was like go- frantically googling <laughs> if he could or couldn't and then he just gives up and starts measuring it anyways like yeah. i'm gonna include it he doesn't care because it was like maybe included he was like oh maybe Fuck okay yeah, then, yeah. yeah then we're doing it the, yeah uh but yeah then he discovers the uh the nursing room uh mm-hmm. which you have to imagine smells fucking terrible oh, god awful uh, yeah and that that nursing the uh, video video is narrated by zach Krager's wife nice uh, okay like, yeah. she's the one I, narrating nice. that instructional video on nice. how to breastfeed yeah i was i forgot what her other cameo was but yeah he uh he discovers a uh, mother pretty quickly because she grabs onto the the other side of that tape measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up in the little cage on the in the bottom, and man, this uh, the breast the uh, the the bottle scene, mm-hmm. Ugh. the the letterbox reviews of being like, I would rather drink bleach than whatever is inside of that fucking baby <laughs> mm-hmm. bottle. Like the yeah, and we have to believe that um, Tess has been that surviving Tess, off yeah, of George's that character right? has she's because she's been there for weeks. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't so know she's why been they suckling at that teeth. For, yeah. 
I don't know why he wrote it in that it was two weeks because I feel like he didn't have to make it that long because I feel like it's, no. it becomes unbelievable after like you're like a few days yeah, yeah. yeah. like a few days would have been sufficient and it would also yeah. like either Tess or Keith yeah family or friends somebody somebody right. would have yeah. come around yeah. right um but yeah that fucking bottle man just like the hairs like dangling <laughs> from it as as it's like reaching down and like right towards the camera yeah. lens just like fucking bulbous Which, and shiny the hairs weren't intentional the first time they shot it oh but one of the hairs from his wig got stuck <laughs> on the bottle and zach saw it perfect and like called the scene was like no more hair more and then hairs. they like glued more hair onto the uh, bottle and uh, shot it again <laughs> which was a good call because it was it got me yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Justin Long doesn't want to, he doesn't want to suckle from the bobble, bobble, bottle. Too good uh, for that. I mean, yeah. Tess took it like a champ. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, God, girl, yeah. don't she's, do that. She's a this survivor, This girl wants man. to live, yeah. man. <laughs> she's a fucking survivor. Uh, but yeah, then we get like that, that breastfeeding scene, which is a, a cool, uh, flipping on its head of, uh, of non-consensual physical interactions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, yeah, uh, Justin Long gets a titty in its face and it's a. It's, it's a Call it the alien penetration. Oh my god, <laughs> that is not a term that I want to hear again. <laughs> alien penetration. That's a that's a Google search. Um, apparently there was a whole incognito other... mode. Yeah, that, that's for the incognito <laughs> mode. <laughs> that's, uh, apparently there was a whole other scene here that got cut too, where it's like he doesn't. So like the whole breastfeeding thing happens, and yeah, the rat scene where it's like I guess after that what was supposed to happen is uh, like, yeah, a small rat walks by. So the loving, caring mother character reaches for it and like bites the head off and then like, not, yeah, tries to chew it and then like baby bird it into Justin Long's yeah. mouth, which I thought would have been a fun thing to include in the movie. Oh, I want to see that. You haven't seen it. So I bought oh, it. Oh, so and you have the, yeah, I, I, I own it. Yeah. It's, I, it's rough, man. It's, <laughs> I want to see it. Man. Yeah, now I want to fucking see it. I can show you on my phone. Like, it's, I think I have it saved on my phone. Yeah, okay. show it after, yeah. after we get done because I'm curious now because that's a yeah that sounded fucking gross. But I was like, yeah. man, that I don't know, cut for time, but whatever. Like that was the re- that, that was cut though because they they were trying to limit the show the visuals mm-hmm. of the mother. Yeah, uh, try to maintain a little bit of mystery. Yeah. Well, and I think during this scene, like between, is it between when he falls into that pit, right? And when the mother comes to feed is when we get yeah we get the whole the jump back yeah to the, the time 80s. skip which is so let's talk about this oh, for a second yeah. this is this whole bit was fucking beautiful for me dude like I think like we were talking about you know comedy writers and directors uh, setting up shots and setting up you know and being the writer setting this up in the script um, the comedic element of it timing wise of jumping back at that moment at the word well and we jumped right as soon as Keith gets murdered right. too yeah. Right? Because uh, it's like, it's always on the appearance of of the mother. Because like whenever Justin Long first goes down and discovers like the nursing room is when yeah she comes out and like yeah. you get like another like jump scare of her like yelling at him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then we cut back to it's Frank, right? Is the name it's of Frank. the character, Frank. right? Frank. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. The, the um, original. Um, well, he wasn't the owner of the house, was he? Yeah, he yeah. was the original okay, owner the ori- of the house. Yeah. Where we kind of learn, okay, where did this all come from, right? So we jump back to like the 1950s or 60s or it's something. 85, the 80s. Reagan, uh, Reagan was on the they, Oh, they said it was, yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah, that's right, because he had just gotten uh, yeah. elected, right? So it yeah. was the beginning of the decline of the, of the Rust Belt due to Reaganomics mm-hmm. and deindustrialization and stuff, right? White flight, mm-hmm. baby, white flight. And there it is. Uh, and yeah, they, they set it up right in that first scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where yeah, the, his neighbors like, hey, I just wanted to tell you before you saw the sign, uh, we're selling, we're moving, uh, and his windows are like already boarded up and mm-hmm. stuff. You're like, ah, oh, shit. And it's, it's like, that was my litter box review of this. Is like, ah, oh, it turns out the real evil was Reaganomics the entire the time. time. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's uh, when is it not? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I every... think the cool thing about this is this when I saw this particular scene of the movie, I knew exactly where it came from because 
I saw this horrible film <laughs> called Angst. Hmm. Say foreign film. So basically, the story is is that this troubled man gets into prison, gets out of prison, and goes on a killing, raping spree. Hmm. And uh, so, but the cool thing about the cool, the thing. cool thing about it, <laughs> but wait, it redeems itself. Ever, yeah. Don't worry. The, the camera movement, right? So we I saw love the camera movement in, in this. And you saw in Barbarian. It's this, uh, you know, objective kind of high wide angle lens that's following Frank on his, you know, daily adventure to do whatever he, you know Frank does. But the cool thing about Angst is um, basically Zach stole from, or not stole, but creatively took that property of basically that camera movement. So in '83, they created like this belt that went around the main actor. And on that belt, it was like a 360 cam. So oh, they had wow. like a little 16 millimeter camera. He's on this belt. So a lot of the, I'll have to show you the trailer, but like when he's running to do these kills, it's like this, you know, you know, very subjective kind of like looking at him and, and it sw- swings around and mm-hmm. it had wide angle on it when he's walking and stuff. So they did it basically the same thing, but stuff not have it directly on Frank. Right. But they shot it, so you have. Because it's one of those things you can tell. It's like because you can tell it's like attached to him at yeah. some points. Because it's yeah. like, yeah, he doesn't move out of the frame at all, and everything mm-hmm. just moves around him. Yeah, right. But it's it's yeah, yeah. it's like it's like a video game like camera control. Yeah, or the beginning of like like top down like third person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, or that sounds like so that was like the origin of like you know the mounted GoPros to like yeah. people's mm-hmm. chests exactly. and like behind them and stuff. And the cool um, thing they shot it with like a Lawa lens, right? Which so this I was like wondering a, about that because yeah, you can tell there's like some distortion around the right. edges of like mm-hmm. it, right. it has a very like not a not a fisheye quality but it's yeah. i mean it's kind of like that right well Where i mean technically i mean a lot of when you go into that ex- extreme Y, you kind of do fall like eight millimeter to like 12 you're kind of mm. like in the fisheye range falling uh-huh. off on that right range. but this lens was the lava lens was created specifically not to have a hard fall off like that right because it's not it's distortion in it but it's not like a real like regular distortion that you would see from the lenses mm-hmm. so i thought that was cool that they included that and you mm-hmm. know it really set the, the tone angst. For like the time period, yeah. It also just creates, yeah, because it creates so much contrast with the way the rest of the movie's been shot up to this Mm -hmm. point that you're like, you are transported to a different, you know, to a different four three two. uh Oh yeah, the whole the whole color palette Mm -hmm. changes. Yeah, it's much more saturated and vibrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The pearl color palette, yeah, yeah, super yeah. saturated. Like, yeah, and primary color before everything like, went to shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. technicolor, uh, Kodachrome. There's that one specific shot too. It's like the first one of him going out and getting in the car. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, uh, I think like I reported it out too because we were like wondering how they did that, and I was like, I wonder if it was one of those situations where they had. A, uh, a cameraman disguised as like the backseat of the car where they're following over his shoulder and then he gets in the car, right? And the camera goes through the window of the car mm-hmm. and then it starts driving, right? So, as it was a handoff or something. I actually like, talked to Zach about this, the director. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm an Instagram whore, so like whenever go. I see yeah. a movie, I'm like, I'm going to reach out to the director or the DP and talk yeah, to him. You just we'll slide in. Yeah, I yeah. just shoot my shot. You're like, yo, man. No, I saw, one. yeah, because I, I followed a, uh, uh, the DP on Instagram too, and I was yeah. like, oh, he only has like fifteen hundred followers, and Jamario follows him, so, so I wonder if he hit him up already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I think so. Zach had mentioned that how so it's a with the Sony Venice uh, two and one, they have this ability to detach from the camera body itself, and it becomes like a almost like a GoPro kind of thing where you mm-hmm. can kind of hold it, and then kind of goes in backpack mode or longer. It has like this extension from the sensor to the actual the uh, the sensor in the camera and to the body, you know, for controls. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they did with the back seat. So they have this extra wide angle lens on the Rialto system. So I reached out to Zach because I listened to one of the podcasts and he kept saying, you know, we had this cool, you know, with the Sony Vintage, we kept using the movie. And I was like, the movie is a gimbal. And I was like, we just, 
let me just DP my assholeness and be like, let me just actually, <laughs> sir, that's the Rialto system with the same Venice. <laughs> Just for future reference, so you're like, like, next time, well, dude, I was like an asshole, bro, and I was like, and I caught myself, and I was like, yo, man, I didn't mean any disrespect by that. I was like, next time, I just want to make sure, like, you're on the, you know, podcast for other assholes like me that are going, what is he talking about? But yeah, it's the Rialto system. You detach from the main body of of the camera, and it makes it just like a small handheld, light as shit. So I think that's what happened. It was that, you know, that's what went was, into the car. Mm, exactly. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I've seen it's stuff still connected to the body, like hard line. Like yeah, it's a hard line. Yeah, okay. it's a hard line to it's it. It's not so, like yeah, a wireless. Yeah, because he only drives like thirty feet or 30 something, feet, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I like I said, I, I wondered if it was one of those situations. I've seen behind the scenes stuff too. Yeah, where it's like you have the cameraman who's like he, they're like they have a, a seat cushion and like yeah. on their body, yeah, and they're disguised as it, so they can just like reach up and grab yeah. the camera real quick, and you just mm-hmm. fix a little bit in post. They probably did that too, honestly. You know, I know. I know for sure, you know, working with the Sony Venice with that Rialto system is really cool and mm-hmm. the stuff that you can do with it. So in my head, I was like, okay, that's what they did with it. Every time I see a Sony Venice, it's like low light and then that Rialto system. That's what mm-hmm. they're using it like, for. Yeah, that's, that's so why cool. you're using yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because it's throughout this, man. Like the, the way, you know, through the grocery store um, and then when he when he sees his victim and, and starts following her, yeah. it's so ominous. And mm-hmm. so I love that, like, obviously that we didn't get any, like, explicit imagery or anything of like what mm. his his actual acts or yeah, whatever yeah. um it's just that very last like as he goes back into the house and he walks down the hallway yeah. to the, the door to the basement right and he yeah. opens it and you just hear screaming in the distance and you're like mm. that's plenty well that zach said he's not interested in serial killers and yeah. telling a story about silly serial yeah. killers yeah that story is more this story is more about and the things yeah. that and that even, story's been told yeah we've seen that movie before and the things that you imagine like are probably way yeah are, are sufficient yeah yes. right probably way worse than like yeah. what you want to yeah, see we don't have know. to go about triggering more people with yeah. shit like that when it doesn't really i would say like in a different era like in the mid 2000s like them in the yeah right <laughs> yeah. In, the, in the era <laughs> like, of torture porn and stuff like yeah. there might have been some content in this yeah movie but we don't have like to different. do that anymore. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. it's like, uh um, you can go watch those movies if you yeah, want to right? see that yeah. yeah go watch hostile and yeah. <laughs> go watch some eli roth movies um yeah I mean, he's um, killing his own Discovery Channel now. I mean, everything's hmm. produced by Eli Roth. And I say that because, Mr. Eli, I would like to work for you in the <laughs> eventual future. None of this is to say that I don't want to work for you. Please hire me. I, I definitely want to hire you. Um, yeah, so basically what's implied is, yeah, he he's he goes around and he finds his marks and he uses a, a, a handyman uniform uh, to go in and check, like, the water pressure and, like, gain entry to a house and then unlocks a window from the inside so he can then... Comes back later. Yeah, come back later and kidnap, you know, yeah. people, uh, essentially. But yeah, him, the idea of him buying baby supplies... You're like that's dark that's unsettling yeah. too yeah. of like it just that character has like three lines total yeah. right where mm-hmm. it's like even in the grocery store it's like a total of 20 words of him being like uh newborn not here yet yeah. just me and yeah. like and then, yeah he gets all this like plastic sheets which is just a regular thing yeah. for people to buy uh home birth <laughs> <laughs> God Which, I mean, it's the 80s. Yeah. It would have been more believable. That lady was her. very helpful. She was. she was. Yeah, she was trying to, she was trying to do her best. Especially since I was in Best Buy today and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no help, man. Sorry. Um, yeah, after that whole, like, the, we get all that background and stuff, like where the house came from, uh, we cut back to Dust and them. Um, it did pique my interest, though. I was like, man, this, how long did it take this guy to dig all these fucking tunnels and stuff, That's, too? Yeah. I guess, like, 40 years. I don't know. This is YouTube channel Colin Furs. I don't know if you guys have ever seen his stuff. He's, like, this, like, crazy inventor dude who makes, like, he started out doing, like, fun 
like movie replica stuff of making like Wolverine, like working Wolverine claws and like flamethrowers and like cool shit like that. One of the projects he's been working on since COVID uh, is this thing that he's always wanted to do to dig. He, he built himself an underground bunker under his like outdoor shed um, that's complete with like, it's like concreted in, like it could survive like a, a fucking nuclear blast or something. But what he has been wanting to do, had been wanting to do was to build a tunnel from that bunker to like under to his, his house. Yeah. To like his cupboard. And so watching the process of this guy go over the course of like four years and and like create a like a fully insulated and finished tunnel like uh, that goes underneath his house into his pantry essentially uh, that he can access through like a hatch. Like I've seen how much work that takes and how hard the it is. The permitting for that yeah. has to be fucking ins- like if you're living in any sort of metropolitan he's in area too. Yeah. Like he's like outside of London. There's, I'm like, yeah, you can't get away with that easy. I'm gonna, basically, go, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this guy is uh, not seeking permits like that. Caucasian. He's British. He's going to be able to flip that house to something like QAnon, like prep. Oh, yeah. oh and shit, somebody's yeah. going to pay like a, yeah. a cool meal for just that millions, portion. millions yeah. of dollars. Uh, yeah, this goes back to like what I thought this movie was going to be versus like what it actually turned out to be. And as I've, you know, tried to recommend the movie to people since it came out, it's like you try to do your best to explain it without spoiling it because mm. you're constantly trying to deal with the fact that the objective of the trailer was to set up this thing of it being like, mysterious and like you know being Mm. a a curiosity yeah um i told a bunch of people at work they're like yeah i saw the trailer for that it's like the airbnb thing and i was like it is technically but i I don't want to tell you anymore i just want to tell you it's a lot more than that yeah and you should just go watch it yeah and i just hope that people like take my word enough to right to go give it a shot. And it's like that thing. And in I'll the trust in- you. I'll trust you. <laughs> like that thing in interviews where Zach, Zach, the director Zach says that like, you know, it's a completely different movie from what the trailer makes it out to be. And like mm-hmm. almost to, you know, that's what I was telling Jamari earlier. It was like it, uh, the very critical article or reviews that are written about this talk about how like that, that seems like less of an artistic choice uh, when you watch the movie and maybe more of a cop out and maybe more of a, cause like if you reveal anything about this trailer, or this movie, you know, and try to spin it as anything like less supernatural or whatever, it, it would be disappointing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think it's that. I think it's a. I think I just think it's a fun movie. But um, yeah, for the so we come back to Tess and uh, AJ. Um, AJ's been abducted to the uh, the nursing room, and then Tess manages to escape, and we get more examples of the police being absolutely useless. She like, <laughs> yeah, that, and Andre, the homeless man, is the only person that actually, that actually helps her and help her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one in this section, there's the one shot. There's like a couple of the creepiest like shots and scariest parts of the movie. There's the one shot where she finally makes it out of the basement through the window that they broke earlier, right? Uh-huh. And that image of the mother reaching yeah. out and grasping at, and then yeah. slowly descending back yeah. down into the darkness. You're like, fuck, that was creepy. I mean, hats off to the actor, too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, listening to a couple of interviews and kind of his inspiration were, like, you know, feral kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. So his movements and everything, mm-hmm. even with, like, his hand movements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that Very that, guarded yeah, and, that, like, shrinking away. That image of, like, reaching out and then slowly, like, the mm-hmm. hands is doing the acting to uh, it and it's just pulling yeah. back in. And there's the just, apprehension yeah, there. Exactly. Of like, because it's daylight It's now. daylight, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Because the other shot that like comes to mind is AJ has escaped right <laughs> yeah. down the hallway and he makes it to that one door and it's like the door that she won't go near. Yeah. So it's like, but she mm. comes out of the darkness. It, I mean, that's and then drifts. Frank's door, right? It's Frank's, Frank's room. Door. Yeah, mm-hmm. she comes out of the darkness and then drifts slowly back into the darkness. And you're like, yeah, that There's right a, there was yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot of scenes that definitely like I used to play a lot of like survival horror video mm. games. Same. And some of these, you know, like older shit like Penumbra or where there's like a specter, 
in the yeah. home with you, but yeah. they're not like just sprinting at you. Yeah. It's just subtle. Subtle. Mm-hmm. Where you can easily you can get away, but you just see them out of the corner mm-hmm. of your eye. It's that there's fall a off. lot of shots. Yeah, exactly. It's that fall off, yeah. Uh, it's nuts. Because yeah, that that creep back, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is so pretty, but I'm so terrified. <laughs> it is it's a beautifully <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> oh, this is so gorgeous. But I I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, we we meet Frank in his later years, uh, and he is confined, he's bedridden and stuff in that little room. Yeah, this whole this whole section too was another spot where um, I thought it was yeah, it was a good choice not to show what was happening on those tapes. Like, but we just uh, we we don't we barely see like Justin's reaction to it, yeah. right? You just see AJ watching in horror as he like you look at the titles of those tapes though, and you kind of know what you're getting yeah. yourself into. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. saw where they were filmed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's Facts. that should be enough. There's a string of VHS tapes, yeah, that have titles like "Gas Station Redhead" and yeah. like other shit like that, or like "Screamer" or something was like one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. He and he reacts like viscerally to those, and he like yells at the at, at frank and like yeah. calling him a monster and like asking him what is wrong with you i think um, he saw into the mirror because yeah they, right they, both aj and frank are mirror images frank yeah. is the extreme of aj's mm-hmm. uh privilege that yeah. he takes advantage of because as we were talking about earlier the three sort of yeah the the pillars of this is like we have keith being like the most innocuous um which is also a, a different type of sinister mm-hmm. because it, it, it's disguised as chivalry and you have aj where it's like you know explicit actions that are are dealt with or not by society and mm-hmm. then you have frank where it's like the absolute epitome of a, of a horrible monster just, just yeah. hidden in the darkness yeah because everything that aj has done is in the forefront mm-hmm. yeah. he is a spectacle as a celebrity mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. frank is that antithesis of that where mm-hmm. he is shrunken away from society mm-hmm. to hide all of the the worst wrongdoings. things that yeah you can possibly yeah. Yeah. do um yeah, he, he earlier him trying to like help him and like being like, yeah. "Are you okay? Well, I'll get us out of here. I'll get us both out of here." He thinks that Frank is also a prisoner, so he pulls that that mm. that yeah. side, that side table closer yeah. to him, uh, and then yeah, Frank pulls out that gun. and We think he's going to shoot AJ, yeah. but then he pops his own head off. Um, but then they AJ do. is armed. Yeah, the, the cool thing too about the Zach talks about the production designer who designed that whole room and put that kind of like sunset like on the beach oh yeah up there so like that tied in with aj so when we're first introduced to aj he's on the beach yeah like so like that was a, like a little, a little. hit of, like they're the same people mm-hmm. also like where aj pulls up to the house for the first time and we have that shot of the snake and then aj backing up and it's red and it's ominous red snake hanging from um oh yeah Trish's, I that was that. that was like hey this is a bad guy this is yeah. a snake this is uh-huh. you know so yeah i didn't <laughs> uh, yeah. little details yeah. yeah nice um yeah then the the whole sequence of like aj escaping like he, he escapes with the gun right but then like tess has come back because the police she tried to drag him back to the house but they like are about to arrest her for like what they think is like she's like breaking in <laughs> but they're also just fucking useless and so they get another call and take mm. off and just leave her there this is gonna be um, one of the rare occasions i defend cops but uh <laughs> to be fair she's in the hood she looks like she's been doing crack for a couple days, mm-hmm. and this crackhead runs up to you in your police squadron car, and just to be like, "Someone broke into the house," you know, I've really been a frantic. prisoner for two weeks. Yeah. You know, at first I was like, "Yo, these cops are fucking useless," but I was like, "You know what? Let me sit back with this." Like, no, I mean, she looks mm-hmm. like she's been doing drugs, and then they take yeah. her there and just out of inconvenience, you know, just mm-hmm. being inconvenienced, and be like, "I should arrest you before breaking the window." And she's like, "Believe me, believe me," and it makes you feel like this thing where it's a double conundrum in the sense of like men don't listen to women when they're reaching out for help mm-hmm. but then like the overall visual of people who you know may not come from like the best standings of you know mm-hmm. society asking yeah. for help yeah. and not getting that help yeah. and that was like a nice little 
It's yeah. both. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, then Andre's it's the same too. as Andre yeah. trying to help yeah, her exactly. earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. If you if you've been in that hood, you see what what goes on there. Yeah. yeah. You know. You you That's build tough. up some some biases. Yeah. And it happens to everybody, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But she's determined to go rescue AJ because she doesn't know who <laughs> Just, he is yeah, or what I kind of monster so he is. Yeah. He, he's still down there. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, My wife right. was like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done watching this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so, but that's the thing is like, as the, the, the dramatic irony as an audience member of like knowing that this piece of shit is down there and you're like, yeah. no, just let him die, die. like yeah. down there. It's just fine. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah, we, know, have, we know is the yeah, audience. Yeah. We know. Yeah. It's so terrible. But that's yeah, the, the amount of anxiety that you feel when she goes back down there and then he like pops her accidentally with that gun. Yeah. And he's like, he was like I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll you save you. Yeah, I'll save you. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, they. Uh, that's after she she uh, rams the car into the mother because uh, yeah, she like drives back up and the mm-hmm. mother like it, it's nighttime now and the mother has like comes bursting out Bat of the shit. house right yeah, yeah, yeah. that part yeah mm-hmm. the, the, the the ratcheting up of the action yeah. here was like I was like cool like that's a good pacing choice too because like, like, like Kool-Aid man actually no that's <laughs> later on when she breaks <laughs> in yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's actually later on. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, when she bust through that thing, it was like, I'm going to get you kind of bitch kind of thing. Yeah. See, that's me using it in the proper term right there. Yeah, right? yeah in context. In, in yeah. context. And so, like, she's like, me personally, I would have, like, drove off. Yeah, like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been through so much. Mm-hmm. If you, like, me and we were talking about this earlier, Trav. We were talking, I was trying to explain her character in the sense of, like, if there's a burning building, right, happening, and she had, like, this person a neighbor that she had met a few times but like has this like sense of justice to go help that person she's the one that's gonna run back in that building you know mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i had to put her in that box but like i got to the point where i was like yo there's only so much saving i can do yeah <laughs> like, the problem is you that have she's narrowly escaped death like yeah. four times i think maybe you just call it you know you know hair nipple milk and i'm just like <laughs> i can't do like no How is she like, not traumatized from that but yeah the idea that she's the her flaw is just being a genuinely good person, person. trying yeah. to like exactly help somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah you've been drinking that nipple milk hairy <laughs> oh nipple milk God. for two weeks you'd find <laughs> me in the drive-thrus i'd be at wendy's like <laughs> That's like I take my, I, I slam yeah. the mother with the car, and then I go straight to the fucking drive-through, dude. Can I get a frosty, please? Yes. No, Choc- no, chocolate. Dairy? No. chocolate, no dairy, chocolate, no please. dairy. <laughs> Jesus uh, but yeah, and that shot though of like through the windshield as the mother's like slamming. Like yeah. we learn, like man, mm. the fucking superhuman powers of the mother yeah. being able to crack a windshield of inbreeding. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, uh, of like. Two generations of yeah, like, that's yeah. the other thing is like that. That's what's implied later yeah. in the conversation with Andre and stuff. But it's like how how quickly could that happen, right? But then yeah. I didn't want to like. Well, I mean, look at the fucking royal family. Yeah, they, there you go. They look relatively well. No, they all look kind of fucked up. Yeah, but <laughs> they're not six seven, Facts. you know, monstrosities. Yeah, and they're all inbred. Yeah. So. It's I I guess it's the same uh, the hills have eyes problem right where it's like Ooh. the same implication is is there it's, there's some element of like exploitation there where it's like the idea yeah. of uh, I mean, genetically it's not going to happen yeah. that yeah. quickly yeah. yeah but but here we are then we wouldn't have the movie so. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but that movie would happen but yeah movie they, magic <laughs> after AJ pops uh, Tess they manage to get out of the house he's like helping her out and then the lady she's disappeared and so they yeah. fucking they book it they take off she has one spot that she knows about where they might be safe and so they head mm-hmm. to the water tower where Andre lives uh, and we get a little bit of like this is our most like forced exposition right yeah, as he's yeah. he's being like the magical character providing all of the story uh, mm-hmm. for everyone of uh, you know there's worse things in that house than her yeah, he's which the, I wanted he's to hear the more. NPC that you run into yeah. that like gives you all the Ooh. the plot backline I thought we were gonna get more 
cool stuff other than like just because like when he says there's worse things in that house than her exactly. i thought he was talking about frank but i thought yeah. we were talking about like oh is there bigger monsters like that'd be kind of cool mm-hmm. um because i wanted there, too. yeah yeah there you go right <laughs> i wanted there to be more labyrinthine labyrinthine For like sure. you know yeah. stuff down in the in the, uh, the tunnels and shit yeah, because actually, when they went through the, the when Justin was going through that door, I thought it was going to be like this continuing thing of like him making it through different deeper scenes. and deep, yeah, like yeah. different levels yeah. of deeper of hell and deeper. Yeah, yeah, because that's that that all goes back to like my original conception of like what this I thought this movie was going to be, which mm-hmm. was like they go down in the basement and enter some portal that takes them to like a different time period. That was the tricky thing about the trailer yeah. of like they setting like up come the back shot to that neighborhood like in its prime. Yeah, they like, set up the shot of the '80s and stuff, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's some weird time traveling thing going on here, but like, oh no, it's just a flashback like, yeah. uh but it would have been cool um Which, by the way that grass is cg yeah the cgi grass <laughs> <laughs> yeah not real grass yeah it yeah. looks beautiful yeah, it's great yeah. putting all these sod farmers out of business yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah they they hide out in the water tower and getting an exposition dump from andre telling them you know when you when you repeat it when you make a copy of a copy like that's what you get they're trying to explain the inbreeding mm. uh result <laughs> that, i wonder if that's what that uh nine inch nail song was about a copy of a copy. Copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. It has to be. I no, I'm never going to be able to hear it the same <laughs> now. <laughs> um, but they ask him, like, you know, how, you know, are, are we safe here? What, what do you think? And he's like, well, I've been, I've been here for 15 years, and she's never come over here. And then within a second, she, like you said, <laughs> Kool-Aid man's <laughs> uh, and proceeds to fucking rip his arm off and beat him to death with his own fucking arm. Oh, she just had some man. shit Jesus. for him. Like, I was just like. Speci- yeah, I was like, yeah, he had that the most seems personal. Personal, yeah. yeah. He's been yeah, living yeah, in her like, neighborhood for so long, you know. Uh, he shit on the lawn. I don't know, man. Jesus just like, Christ. Yeah. yeah. It is the most brutal death in the movie. Like, I don't know. Like, actually, I don't know. Justin Long's death here in a second is actually really fun too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, This is so. This whole set piece, right, with the water tower where they're trying to run away from her. Um, Yeah, you told me that cool detail about like this, this, the soundstage stuff that they did for this that I didn't actually consider. uh, Yeah, they actually used the so there was like a plant and then you know the whole kind of setup was was a plant there and they wanted Mm. he wanted originally to shoot it like they were in a church. But they didn't have a church course, and they couldn't really, I guess, afford or kind to of build one or, or build one or whatnot. Yeah. So they used the plant, but that you have to keep in mind with filmmaking, it's all about safety mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh-huh. And when you have your two lead actors on this tall water tower, I mean, they've got to be buckled in. You got to, you know, it's all this other safety measures. So mm-hmm. they decided to build it, and uh, so you kind of see it's all shrouded by darkness, and you see little glints of light. That's actually like some like duvetine or some tarp that they poked holes in and built big holes in mm. and shot like a fresnel through there to make it look like you know there was city something light. back behind yeah it. so yeah. it was yeah it'd be so cool to see that set like just the uh-huh. size of it because yeah just about a giant fucking curtain like yeah. all wrapped all the way around this like this entire and to like, see what it what it turns into like yeah after the whole editing process yeah he was freaked out about wild. the wall but he was freaked out about that too like no one's gonna believe this but yeah. then like I, the dp said until it up you and pointed it out i was because I, I remember that this this whole like sequence right is is very like like visually it does seem like yeah they're you know it's mm-hmm. just the tower and them like mm-hmm. they're climbing up into like the middle of nowhere um, or like into an abyss or something yeah. Um, because yeah this whole bit of them like getting to the top of the tower Justin Long drops the fucking gun uh, and, frisbee <laughs> yeah seriously then the mother chases them all the way to the top of the tower and then this is where I'm I'm glad like I was telling you that I'm really glad we didn't get like a redemption arc for Justin Mm -hmm. Long's character. I was like, I was afraid. I was like, man, if this movie goes the way it might go, where he, he gets some redeeming quality and gets to rescue, sacrifice himself, uh, to like bring the character around. 
for me, as soon as I saw it was Justin Long playing that character, mm-hmm. I was like, he's not getting out of this. <laughs> like, no, it's like, you know, in Tusk yeah. and fucking yeah, Drag yeah, Me yeah. to Hell. Like, yeah. no, yeah. He, we're not giving him that. Yeah. I knew, like, he was going to be a shithead to the end. Yeah. He's just leaned too hard into that over the last, like, decade. Yeah. Also, yeah. just the, you know, when they're having that conversation with Andre, he's like, you know, I'm going to do better. I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. Am I a bad person? Am I a bad person? Or am I just a good person that's like, you dead, bro. Yeah, it's over. You're dead, bro. You're dead. There you go. Because yeah, he fucking he tosses Tess, Tess off of on? the, yeah. the fucking mm-hmm. water tower. <laughs> oh my god, the slow motion sequence of the Which the mother our, jumping down, yeah, Spider Man, like, Spider Man diving yeah, for yeah, yeah. him. <laughs> so yeah. good. Uh, Save Gwen, baby. <laughs> yeah, seriously, baby. And she, yeah, she she serves as a as a airbag for mm-hmm. uh, for Tess and keeps keeps her alive I guess yeah uh, yeah man the death of Justin of AJ in this movie well, so I mean the beauty of it before the death was just like you know I was holding and you slipped and I couldn't he say- tries to judge no. you <laughs> He's trying to mansplain the whole situation to her. Yeah, sorry, I tried to murder you. Uh, but sorry. it wasn't murder. I'm sorry that you got upset at the way that, like, <laughs> so that kind of apology. Like, I'm sorry that you, that you feel that you like... Feel, yeah. I made you feel this way. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, in the middle. You grabbed my hair. Yeah. <laughs> threw me off the tower. <laughs> But uh, in the middle of in the middle of mansplaining, yeah, he gets he gets his head squished. Um, it's second a, time, it's, yeah, for the second time. Yeah, I was, was it, crushed out, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she like butterflies yeah. his head, like like plays his fucking yeah. Cornish game hen. She yeah. spatchcocks his, <laughs> <laughs> his yes. whole head. Oh god, it cooks yeah. more evenly that way. It's great, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> It's a great fucking kill, though. Yeah, yeah. And so apparently, uh, uh, Zach Gregor hadn't seen Jeepers Creepers before he <laughs> no, wrote really? the script. Or made. he hadn't seen. <laughs> no, that he hadn't. Seen yeah, it. he had no clue. He had no uh, clue until Justin. Like they told him, like, yeah, this is like, this is an homage to Justin Long's death and Jeepers Creepers, and he's like, really? And then, <laughs> <laughs> so much of that happens, like with the like, so yeah, like in Jeepers Creepers, he has like a similar to Derry uh, and Jeepers similar Creepers demise. similar death, right? Yeah. Um, but that was news to to Zach Gregor. Like he he found that out after after putting that in the movie. He and That's then he, hilarious. he's like he. He said he hadn't uh, in the interview. He's like, of course I watched it afterward. Like I just right. hadn't seen it, but yeah. uh, it's the same thing with like the title of the movie too, where it's like people were reading into like so the the address of the house on Barbary Street is four seven six Barbary Street, yeah. which and is so, what the year that the Roman the Romans Empire, fell to the Barbers, yeah. yeah, or whatever. And he's like, oh wow, <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> this is also too the what idea. I mean, maybe he. Did- it's just fucking with all of this. I, I, I was wondering if it was like a the, bit the too. lovable idiot. Like, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was the same thing with uh, people being. He's like, yeah, I was online reading YouTube comments and people being like, "Barbarian is an anagram for Airbnb," Maybe, and yeah. he's like, "That's co- convenient." Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like now I'm kind of scared. That's fucking weird. <laughs> um, I, if it is a bit, it's hilarious. But it's yeah, the idea of him just like not reading into it. They don't even know when they're yeah. stepping in. Gold. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then Tess Lenny's uh, the mother. Um, she's like trying to trying to take care of her, but Tess mm. has recovered the gun, and so like she like brings her in close and is like, "Yeah, everything's gonna be okay." Mm. Boy, it just yeah, yeah, seriously, Lenny or I am Legend. Yeah, seriously, oh, yeah. just yeah. I mean, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, she put it out. Of, I mean, it's a miserable existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Little giant woman with her titties out running around the streets, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta take care of that. Yeah, not good look. No, no good look. property values, yeah, problems. No. <laughs> yeah, the property values. <laughs> and, and far more. Yeah. I don't care how much basement space that place yeah. has. Seriously, 
Uh, yeah, and then we get we get the cool uh, credit flash of uh, Zach Cogger, writer director on mm-hmm. screen. I think this is a yeah. great directorial debut for this dude. Absolutely, um, I'm super... and, I mean, he won't be struggling to get funding like he was when yeah. he started this. If he yeah. wants to do something similar, you say and, he's writing another horror, but mm-hmm. it's like this one's more strange than what we just got. So. I mean, I'm down. Yeah, but yeah, because I I mean, he pitched this to he called up some reps at like Neon mm-hmm. and A24, and they both. Shot it down, but they're probably kicking themselves for doing four point five million dollar budget, right? This movie making forty three million dollars back. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's I mean, horror, baby. Yeah, that's, that's all. It, yeah, it is. Low. And I mean, and it's still. still we'll low. see how long it's on streaming. Yeah, yeah. that number is just going to go up. Yeah, that's that's the difficult thing about like yeah, seeing like how you know what would be in the past like the aftermarket or like the to video you know video sales and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like it's hard to really like figure out how people quantify because like the whole thing with Netflix too of them not revealing their numbers. Like, how do you quantify mm-hmm. the reception on on streaming? Yeah, and, and is stuff? it is it like a flat? payout or do they are they using analytics where they're like depending on right how many people watch this yeah because i assume with the way the studio system works that it's like you know you just buy the streaming rights to whatever and it's mm. that's the way the distribution thing works but mm. yeah i don't know enough on the back end about how like how the, those the money shakes those out deals yeah, yeah or how you factor on. that into the the overall box office or success of this movie but yeah i have no clue i'm yeah. below, i'm technically below the line on yeah on crew yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> but i yeah i I love it, and I think I love that like people are watching it again uh, now that it's on streaming. I think this is a great like people are comparing it to like Malignant and stuff too, as far mm-hmm. as its like its relationship with uh, with streaming and with like being consumed uh, on streaming. Um, but it's a good it's a good party watch. This is a good like good good party movie uh, for the definitely watch it with a crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially yeah. people who I mean, I'd love to watch it again and see get to witness other people's yeah. reactions. Yeah, yeah. First time watchers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was entertaining people, but not myself. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Have you guys uh, you've watched anything else that you hated or loved? You said you haven't watched very much lately, right? Not much. I threw on uh, last last night. I threw on Source Code, hmm. uh, mm. 2011. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. our girl uh, Vera, Vera Ooh, uh, nice. Michelle Monaghan, 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 Michelle Monaghan. Sure. Whatever you know, you see, you saw her face. You know who she is. <laughs> um, just because I had it in my watch list, I never actually watched it, and it, it popped up on like IMDb or something, and mm. the ratings were pretty good. I thought it was fine. Um, definitely, I think we've been spoiled by a lot of like the sci-fi and futuristic, mm-hmm. um, ethical and moral conundrum types of films that we've seen in the last decade. You can definitely tell that this came out in 2011 and mm-hmm. before a lot of that stuff kind of got latched onto in the mainstream. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also I have feelings about Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> like at that time, I'm sure that was the proper casting, but now I'm like, it could have been so many better other actors. Yeah. It's you weird. don't like Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird seeing his career evolve over time. Like over the last, like, like seeing him in that, yeah, like in seven, like I think mm-hmm. he's a, he's a fantastic cast, mm-hmm. like for that one. Yeah. Um, um, but is, he's, is that prisoner? Is he in prisoner? Yes, yes, yeah. he's the detective. In Same prisoner. kind of a similar yeah, role. He right? Kills it, yeah. yeah. He kills it in prisoner. I mean, too. Donnie Darko, Zo- man. Zodiac, yeah, or Zodiac. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zodiac. Sorry, yeah. Sorry yeah. I said seven. You said seven, yeah. Yeah, Zodiac was the one. It might be more of a personal. Yeah, I just there's just something something about, about him. Jake Gyllenhaal. He's got one like, of those faces. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Like if you liked Gattaca, watch watch this too. Mm-hmm. Um, just for fun it's not gonna like blow your mind is it on Amazon either. Prime or is it um, I think it is actually I think it's free on Prime nice um, 
So that was a fun thing. Uh, yeah, I haven't really watched much else recently. Um, I will give one shout out to a band, Show Me the Body. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have listened to them. I have not. Um, they've got a few records out. Before this, they've been around for a long time. I saw them in Milwaukee like years ago when I still lived up there. Um, and they're kind of popping off. They came out with a new record on Friday called Trouble the Water. Um, that's super good. Um, it's like noisy punk, lots of like industrial alternative percussion elements in there. It's really abrasive, um, right up my alley. I Hell think yeah. it's really, really good. Um, like if you like like death grips, but also more like traditional punk. For all of those idols fans. You just, yeah, if you yeah. like idols, you'll fuck with Show Me the Body. And they're yeah. going to be, I just bought tickets today. They're going to play at the studio at the factory in February um, with Jesus Peace and Scowl, which are both incredible hardcore bands. So go listen to that record. It's okay. really, really great. Boss-ass fucking band names. Yeah. 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 Here I am, like, yeah, trying to decide. I, if... I bought two tickets because I was like, somebody will go with me. So when that time comes, if nobody takes them. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to listen to Drake in 21 Savage. <laughs> 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 All the memes on Twitter. Yeah. It's just like killing me. Yeah. What do you got, me? This is now a Drake hate podcast. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So but yeah, that's that's all I really got. I didn't really watch much else recently. Like I said, I've been super busy, and then you know, yeah, you got fucking when, married last when weekend. You got married. Yeah. Yay, yay. Also, thank you to everybody who's listening. Has been patient with me and us. Uh, we've been busy, uh, and mm-hmm. so and October was really busy. So there's a backlog of episodes that are all going to kind of dump on the streaming at yeah. once. So that's going to be fun. For yeah, they're coming. To. they're yeah. coming. They're <laughs> uh, I think as of the, as of you being able to listen to this, all those will be out. So enjoy <laughs> so retro retroactively yeah thank you enjoy yeah. <laughs> um Jamar, you seen anything lately that you hated or loved? um i mean it was you know i count october as halloween period oh, yeah. so i mean i before the kid was here you know in the first two years of her life she didn't really care about tv so mm-hmm. i can break away and have the 30 days on founding horror films stuff i haven't mm-hmm. seen stuff that are classics didn't get to do that this much this <laughs> this year because uh, work picked up. I uh, uh, was doing a lot of commercials, shooting a lot of shows, so didn't get to uh, watch as much horror as I wanted to. But I did get a couple things in. Um, Flanagan, of course, Midnight Club. Caught that. Watched that entire thing. Um, hey, were you a fan of Midnight Club? I've heard like people kind of go back and forth saying it's not like their favorite Flanagan thing, but it's still. I think <laughs> Haunting on Hill House and oculus and hush and all those things that are like you know uh horror based you know to his respective genres uh this is more of a drama Mm. a teen drama kind of thing it's got its respective elements of horror in it but uh you kind of fall more into the story which is great you know Mm. i I appreciate that because even with midnight club it was more drama based it wasn't i wasn't terrified it was or uh, midnight mass midnight mass yeah you know it wasn't you know as uh, scary as haunting on hill house yeah know? but like because even haunting of hill house is so much like the idea of infusing shirley jackson's original material yeah. with so much of yes. that family drama and stuff yes. like that's really what brought that up and made it so much more yeah. interesting and fascinating of a, of I, a think show. He, I think he's evolving horror in the sense of like when it comes to story sense and drama mm-hmm. sense within you telling stories with characters and i think those classic scares and jump scares and like that he makes you be patient enough to appreciate those mm-hmm. so i think that's what he's doing uh, so much he's just kind of i feel like he's just kind of changing how we look at horror as, yeah. as a mass you know because you know in the 90s there was horror but they would call them thrillers because horror was in 
a dirty name. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lamb, that's a fucking horror film. But, you yeah. know. Um, so, I got Midnight, 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 Midnight Club and... I got some other stuff in, but nothing that stuck with me. I mean, I saw a lot of horror films before October. So, I mean, Smile and Barbarian. Oh, yeah. Um, Resurrection. Uh, it was a it was a lot that I kind of got in. But for, oh, uh, what's his name? <sighs> Director Hellboy. Kevin Del Toro? Yes. Yeah. His new show. Cabinet of Curiosity. Oh, yes. yes. That's on my list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got the, you know, before October was over, I got the first two episodes that were revealed. And I was like, Yes, our man Guillermo, man, he is a he, he is a treasure. I, just the creature feature stuff yeah. and how he creates the monsters. And just... I mean, Pan's Labyrinth was one of my favorite oh, movies for God. so long, Jesus just because man. of yeah. It's just so that also just that the magicalness, like yeah. the the fan the, the fantastical yeah. element of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just so yeah. beautiful. I'm excited for Pinocchio to come out and see his stop motion <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna yeah. be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, cool. I mean, other than that, you know, you revisit. You know, I always try to make sure I get out get out oh, yeah. <laughs> during that time. But you know, mm-hmm. oh yeah. That's awesome. It. Yeah, I watched uh so there's a show on Amazon Prime that got recommended to me that's uh that I actually really enjoy. It's uh Peter Capaldi um and uh ooh, this other actor, I forget her name, but uh, it's called The Devil's Hour. Mm-hmm. Um and this is, yeah, it's uh I think it's pretty new. Um it's Jessica Rain, sorry, uh is the the other main actor in it and it's like it's it's cool. It's a uh, very like there's some cool supernatural like sci-fi elements to it, mm-hmm. but it's nested within the context of this sort of like crime mystery thriller thing. Um and it's spooky. Like it's got some pretty like spooky elements to it mm-hmm. uh just with like the thriller sort of directing and camera work um but it's just it's a beautiful show that's pretty enthralling and has nice. one of the creepiest child like so benjamin shivers is this little kid who plays like the son of the main character and he's like his whole shtick is he's like a robot he's he's either on the spectrum or there's something else going on like he Ooh. has some weird like uh, like seer uh visions into some in the abyss or the unknown or something but this Clear little kid is, yeah he's a <laughs> creepy fucker like in yeah. this movie or the show it's like it's based on you know it's in england it's like an england like an english uh crime uh sci-fi thriller kind of thing um so but i like it a lot show it's a show yeah oh, six, there's six episodes better. and they're all up on amazon prime right now so you can go watch them um nice. we are f- four episodes in and so i haven't seen the ending of it yet but nice. i am thoroughly enjoying it we stayed up gotcha. really late the other night Good. and watched it nice. um so the Devil's Hour streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, this weekend we also went to go see. It's like one of the only horror movies that came out in the last week. But Pray for the Devil. Uh, did you see the trailers for this? The uh, first woman kind of exorcist. Yeah, kinda? so that's yeah. the idea. Is like, what if we made you know the exorcist like a woman, and she's the first female exorcist within you know the Catholic Church? It's like that's an interesting premise. Uh, but it's like. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It's so freaking awful. Like yeah. I can't yeah. emphasize like. It has also like so it's it's not very entertaining like mm-hmm. that, that's kind of the problem with like bad movies like where it's like at least they can be entertaining but this one is sort of just it's like a struggle to get through uh, and it's like the conceit of movies that have exorcisms in them right is that like you know this is within the like if we're if we're gonna say in this universe like demons exist um, in the universe of this movie or like. Uh, and that, like, you know, Catholic priests can come and, mm-hmm. and fight them and, and mm-hmm. be clergymen. Like, that's under the framework of the premise of, like, all right, well, the Catholic, everything about the Catholic Church is valid. And, mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. it's true, essentially, in the universe of this movie. Um, and that's how, you know, we fight the demon or whatever. Well, that's um, the problem, too, with when it comes to possession films. We yeah. haven't had one stick out. It, it, possession films have kind of merged mm-hmm. with, like, uh, live footage kind of thing right mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like and it's funny you said that because the other the last like decent 
exorcism movie that I actually kind of enjoyed was mm-hmm. The Last Exorcism. I think mm-hmm. we talked about this on the episode we did way back when for the taking of Deborah Logan, mm-hmm. um, how these Which two movies... was what I was just thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Those two movies kind of came around around the same time, and it's like this idea... When we did our series on demons and ghosts and stuff, there's really awesome movies like within mm-hmm. that genre. Um, you know, we covered the original Exorcist and The Exorcist 3 and these other movies that are that are fun within that genre. Um, and even though they have that conceit, yeah, of like, well, like, you know, is this within... Can, are, can priests can really come in and like fix this? Or is like, maybe they go off the rails and it's mm-hmm. just some other like demonic force and it's like normal people fighting it mm-hmm. for this movie like the idea what what the catholic church is transformed into in this movie is like power rangers yeah it's like it's <laughs> like they're, they're this like, like avengers the, of, yeah exactly <laughs> avengers like, of christ one of my joke titles for it was like the hogwarts school of the satanic panic yeah. like it's like or uh praise anatomy like it's like it's like it's like a weird like combination of a weird like medical drama mixed mm. with like with the assumption that all demons are true and then it's like you have a whole like room of doctors priests basically uh, like going and clinically tra- you need to trademark that the, the little clip you just gave us there <laughs> yeah. like Those ASAP <laughs> yeah before something go, it's gonna happen soon if you don't get on it yeah, but dude like yeah it it's just it, it's bizarre so like the reason I say all that about like the whole thing with the Catholic Church is like there's some very tone deaf uh, sort of subplots that happen in the movie um, especially in, in a year where we're we're really dealing with like the the tragic effects of uh, you know like politically of, of um, a lot of people in this country losing like bodily autonomy as far as the government's mm-hmm. concerned uh, and there's some things in that they do in this movie that w- what the movie is saying uh, is very it has with. issues yeah yeah um as far as what people should feel guilty for mm. and what people should you know and so it's like that combined with also just like the shittiness of the movie like i i don't know i don't think people should watch that movie so yeah. I, I am emphatically saying that it's it's bad and it's bad in many different ways and funny well, enough it was directed the, the red state yeah. sales of this movie are going to be fucking massive dude. it's like that. that's the thing is like watching this movie it's like it's kind of with uh, like The Conjuring 3 right where you, now we have mm. instead of like it being a horror movie it's like a Christian superhero movie Yeah, like this movie definitely is all that it's 100% that mm. where it's like is the audience for this movie like Catholics? Like, mm. is that kind of like the goal mm. here? Because that's what it seems like essentially mm. is like conservative Catholics are the audience for this like quote unquote horror movie kind yeah. of thing Yeah, which like they're not going to Go see it. my dad's not going to go see this movie. No, there's no like, like unless you like market it on fucking yeah Tucker Carlson's yeah show. Which is why America. it's so it's like, so bizarre to me. Yeah. Like yeah. so, there's that combined with the fact yeah. So like the director of this movie was the director of The Last Exorcism, and it's completely changed my perspective on that movie now. Where I want to go back and watch it again and be like, is there something I was missing when I first watched this? Yeah. Uh, he didn't write this movie or that movie, and so I'm curious as to like what. I haven't done enough like background into like what's going on there and where this came from, but it's I don't know. That I mean, possession movie. possession movies are hard to pull off. Yeah. I mean, once I mean Paranormal Activity and The Conjuring probably the first Paranormal Activity were probably the films that I was like, yo, all right, mm-hmm. this is it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then with Conjuring too, just. James Wan in his back, man. He mm-hmm. was just that was it, man. That was And I guess mm. there's a difference between like, you know, movies that have demons and ghosts in them and movies that explicitly have an exorcist, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like mm-hmm. the exorcist. But like even in those original movies, one of the most fascinating things about them was yeah, fucking Damien Karras dealing with mm-hmm. his question of faith because mm-hmm. the church wasn't doing enough for these people that were in, in Yeah, Friday. they don't yeah. they and, don't portray them as like the most infallible righteous. like yeah, superheroes exactly. who like are righteous in their actions all the time because of this righteous institution. Mm-hmm. There's a show and, like, that kind of touches a little bit of evil. 
I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. Huh. Ah. The first season mm. was uh, really good. Now it's becoming kind of this comical mm. kind of like it, it recognizes it. Because we keep it referring to them as Christian superheroes, I yeah. keep envisioning like a version of Boys. Oh, yeah. Of the Boys where <laughs> they're just like <laughs> pastors. Yeah. That are like <laughs> contracted exorcists. Yeah. yeah. That are all fucked up behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. I would watch that. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be a good movie. All right. I got your first 30 pages right here, baby. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, those are, my, those are my recs and my warning. Uh, Devil's Hour, good. Pray for the devil. Not good. Um, yeah, this is a little standalone episode, so you can get back to the regular series to hear about what we're watching next. But uh, hey, this uh, podcast has a Patreon at patreon.com slash scary Sunday scaries. You can go give a dollar and then it'll go towards buying another chair for this room. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's an Instagram for this podcast. It's at scary Sunday scaries. Uh, you can see random other content on there. We'll reshare posts from directors and uh, cinematographers and writers and actors, uh, as well as other random spooky posts. Uh, if you want to follow memes. me. Yeah, and memes. memes. Tasty, tasty memes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm at Trav the Guy on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Ty Manst. T-Y-M-A-N-T-Z. And please follow Jamario at... It's me, Mario underscore... Wait, sorry. It's me underscore Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Jamario posts some of the coolest, like... So the stills that you take, like in yeah. of of movies, like breaking those down of like the most beautiful shots from those movies, it, they're a joy to like scroll through and like see. And uh, Jamario actually reposts a lot of really cool content of like other DPs and like cinematographers. That's very fun and very valuable. Envy yourself. Yeah. So envy is my sin. Yeah. Catholic <laughs> <church>. <laughs> uh, yeah. I hope you guys have a good week, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Listen to us uh, more. Keep doing that. Keep doing that thing. Sunday Scaries.